1: Summer Breakfast. Top of
2: the morning, everybody, and welcome to Summer Breakfast. Great to have your company, Sam Edmund, and a man I'll introduce just in a a moment. He's been on fire, though, uh, at the moment. So I'm the Café Menu, our official coffee partner. John Buchanan, the last Australian coach to win a Test Series in India, and uh, just a couple of uh, small topics of conversation to have a chat to, to John about shortly that are happening over in India. Can't wait to have in- insights on the show. Mick Lovett from the AFL record, uh, eagerly anticipated each and every uh, time this uh, February rolls around in March, the AFL season guide it launches And it is an absolute Bible for us here. And if you're a follower of uh, AFL, it's a must as a fan as well. Uh, Graham Hosier, Cora Rutherglen, a president uh, on the demise of that football club. That uh, that is a sad tale, but we'll get Graham's perspective shortly and questions without notice. SEM Breakfast is for the Kogan Money credit card, packed full of value. I've got to apologize as I welcome you, Simon O'Donnell. I look like I'm working the drive through at the moment. It sounds foreign in my ears, but I've got a different sort of microphone set up in here today. Yeah, to
3: about a medium latte, full cream milk, <laughs> and an extra shot of coffee if I could. Thanks.
2: It's either that or I'm about to take off in the Black Hawk helicopter. Yeah, a
3: I don't think our listeners can hear that. But Nims is so good on the tech stuff. But I just knew, I just felt this week he was off his game of touch and he was about to blow a studio up. That's exactly what he's done.
2: You know, we normally I have a big boom mic that comes down here mm. to my um, little bonce. And, and now that it's not there, it's so weird. It feels like, you know, when you chop a big tree down and the whole landscape changes, like I can see everything out over the horizon. I can see there's Coxie over there. I see Brooksy. <laughs> I see you. I sound like I'm in a cave. Nevertheless, it's still good to be yeah, here with you. Yeah,
3: no, no, I'm, I'm very pleased to be here. It's an exciting day. Test series starts today, and, and it's a really. Really, really good build up to it. Oh, spicy. Oh, it's fantastic. What the has Barat- are it. Well, this is, <laughs> is ripper.
2: What has Barat started over there?
3: Well, what the Indians, they're having a crisis meeting at the minute, the Indians, saying now no one's allowed in the ground a week before the game so they can doctor the certain areas they need to doctor against oh. who they're playing.
2: I love it. Oh, I, I love it. Ravi nice Shastri goodness. didn't hold back uh, with and Jared on I Sports missed that. Day I'm last night.
3: We're we allowed to have <laughs> yeah. R-rated stuff on our show. He's
2: dropped some profanity. We'll get into it at a seven o'clock, of course. But uh, you spoke about Todd Murphy yesterday. It appears as though you have absolutely nailed it. The Vic off spinner. Well, the news filtered out yesterday that, uh, in fact, his family, his parents have been... I'm
3: still flying Casper over.
2: Flying over. And you are nailing everything. Uh, Todd Murphy will be a great story. And listening to Paddy Cummins yesterday, you know, okay, you want some variety in your bowling attack, but it shouldn't be the be-all and end-all. And if he's bowling well, which he is, and he talked him up, he's said his um, bowling over there has been, um, you know, couldn't fault it. Mm. As you said, they're different through the air. Very different. Then he's getting the Oh, he's going to play.
3: And you know, we will get the inevitable text oh, You can't pull two offies, but you know, I mean, if if that's the fear, and that's they think they're the two informed bowlers to, to take into the game, you know, Australia haven't been afraid in years gone by having three right arm fast bowlers. Yeah, you know, what's the difference? Yeah, you know, that, that's the thing. I I think we overplay it too much. And Lyon and and Murphy are very different. Are very different. It's now a matter for the kid. to... As, you know, if he is in the eleven, finally, is is a matter for the kid to to turn. Uh, I love it. The opportunity to be able to use his skills to the best of his ability on the test match arena, and and that's what we don't know yet. We're about to find out. I think he will handle it. Uh, I'm lucky enough to go back a fair way with the, their family. His grandfather, Ray Murphy, coached Den- Denny Footy Club years and years ago, mm. when my dad was president of the Denny Footy Club. And also I played a bit of cricket with Jamie locally and and when he was a, a, a younger fella... Um, young Todd's dad. So they're good stock. They love their sport and they're tough as old boots.
2: We tried to get his dad, Jamie, on this morning, but of course, phone was off for a long period of time. So they're almost certainly flying over and his mum, Paula, as well. We wish uh, we wish the family well. We wish Todd well, of course. Uh, but it's all, it's all about the wicket over there, which we'll get into out of seven o'clock. So much spice. Sunil Gavaskar's had a Barat. crack. Ravi's had a crack. And Barat, our mate, Sunder Asin, has started it all. So it's absolutely I'd like set to know the know cricket the world Indians, on fire.
3: The, the Indians here think of Sunil Gavaskar.
2: What should they think of him?
3: Well, I don't know. I'd like to know what they think of him. one three
2: hundred seven 736 I'm not on that an enormous from... fan. No?
3: Because the other day he led the side off, that was probably the start. But I, I, as a kid, I started thinking, what's this fellow about? Hang
2: on. It's, it's 10 past six. Not many people listening at this hour. Tell us what you really think of Sunil Gavaskar. Can, can you be honest with us? You're not a big fan?
3: I think he's a wonderful player. mm that's, that's where I stop.
2: Okay. one 7367. 7. Just wanted to clear that up. Uh, Temper 40 Wings, text 0433 16 I watched one of your old teammates on the front bar last night, the great David Boone. Booney. Fronted up. And they got, uh, they cover a whole heap of ground as they do, but uh, my ears picked up when they started discussing the 1987 World Cup and your oh. magnificent win over there in India.
3: I was already in nine eyes.
2: You might have been. But Australia, five for 253, of course, famously batting first. England, eight for 246. You'd lost, uh, obviously, the previous Ashes series, the five ODIs coming in. The squad was unfancied, unloved, rank outsiders, of course. But Booney put it as only Booney could. And he said the general attitude of your team at the time was, who gives her? <laughs> who that, gives that her? was it, yep.
3: Was that it? Yeah, Beautifully said. Only need the three words there. Better when you put the fourth one in, but uh, three, I think, gives you a fair indication of what we're on about.
2: And just while we're on the subject of India, I was just going back through the match this morning to have a look at it. Um, so Bob Simpson just comes in as coach of the time, set the standard with fielding, didn't he initially? <coughs> really S- hit you hard with the Simpson
3: fielding. had a really interesting statistic, and out of out of his tactics became this sort of um, fun thing of touring India, because uh, uh, India is a tough tour. Oh, it's not as tough now and I'm not it's still tough now but it was tougher back then with you know the sanitary situation and whatever but you, know, you were still in nice hotels but you had to be really careful it, it, his statistic going into that 87 World Cup was um, the 90 percent of games are won by sides that take the most singles and the best fielding teams are the teams that win the majority of one-day international cricket matches. So he said, what we're going to become is the best runners between wickets and the best fielding team in the comp. Now, that that started two things. One, we, we spent more time running between the wickets after we'd batted in nets and things like that. And the second thing was it meant you had harder fielding um, yep. sessions than what we'd had before. So that then grew in, that, that that grew into it having a life of its own because Simo then... In those days, you'd all go out as a team and warm up together, run around the ground, you know, sit in a circle, stretch. You know, what are we going to do today, boys? You know, what, did you eat somewhere last night? And, and nine times out of ten, it led to the boys having a chat about who went where and did someone maybe, you know, possibly have a couple too many beers and they should have. And Simo would be just sitting there doing his stretches or walking around talking to someone, but he just kept taking notes. So he'd sort of come to the end of the stretch and right, uh, boys, we'll start with a bit of fielding, a bit of running. Uh, right, Sammy, Brooksy, uh, Scoob, uh, Tugger, you come with me. And it happened that maybe you and Tugger were uh-huh. talked about in the circle. Sur- well, you would cop a pasting. The next 15 minutes, you would cop a pasting. Yeah, nearly right. every high ball went to the two of it. He made you run, you know, that forty meters. You know, the hamstring tear. So new standards everywhere.
2: Like... New standards running between the Everything. wickets. New standards fielding. Obviously, he became Everything. the best fielding team in the world. And so it's...
3: then it became, hey boys, he's listening to the chat mm. in the warm up. Any danger of pulling your head in? You know, if someone and look. Sometimes in international cricket, it wasn't, and we weren't drink people who drank in excess. But, you know, blokes would be having a tough time, whether it be homesickness, someone not well at home, whatever it might have been, they're on the other side of the world. So, you know, a lot of times through just normal family life stresses, the guys would have a, you know, a couple more beers than probably they should. What would then happen? You always had your teetotalers amongst the group. Peter Taylor was one of the teetotalers. You know, never had much of a drink. But it would have a, a shardy or a, a rosé or a, you know, um, a wine more so than a beer. But mm. so then we started dobbing those blokes in in the warm-up. Oh, you dogs. <laughs> dogs. Well, it's so, kill or be hey, killed, PT, mate, <laughs> that Riesling last night, like you can't have that many bottles, can you? The one that I became... Oh, oh coach, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. It, made, it became a life uh, within itself. The, the fielding drills for the Australian cricket team. And it was fantastic to take that for two and a half months through an Indian tour.
2: The, the irony with the over-celebrating is that with you, and I really hope I'm not talking out of school here, so I'm sure you'll shut me down if I am, but you, you know, I guess it's well-remembered and, and known that after the semi-final, you didn't celebrate. You chose not to. In fact, you were fined by the team for not celebrating. But you told Bob at the time... The coach, I think two day, might have even been a couple of days before the final that you, you had some fears that perhaps all wasn't yeah. well with your health. Yeah.
3: that was, that was, yeah, yeah that happened. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, because it was, we are close to getting home and I thought I had some health issues, so I needed to tell someone, I'd kept it private at that stage, and I was out of whack at, after our semi-final win in Lahore, because, you know, it was great to beat Pakistan and Pakistan, it was a wonderful thrill, but... Once we sort of got back to the hotel and we're getting, you know, it dawned on me that wow, we're only three or four days away from going home, and it probably gave me a bit of a fright. So I didn't sort of party like I should have in the party room after the game, Mm. and I got fined in uh, before the final uh, for not doing that. And I thought I just need to get this off my chest so people know what's going through my head. So I just went and spoke to the coach and just said, "Look." Here's the reason why, and I showed him why. I think I've got an issue. I said it. It will not bother me one iota when I play. I, it, it does doesn't affect me at all. Mm. Physically, I'm fine. Mentally, I'm fine. Just I had a bit of a half a meltdown. Um, thinking, mm. well, I'm thinking, well, I'm getting closer to finding out what I think might be some which pretty was, challenging news.
2: Which was validated, of course, when you when you got home. Yeah. Yeah. So. so, so it, it was.
3: Mm. Uh, yeah, it was one of those things. But that again, funny side of that. Once I was diagnosed when I got home, all the boys were, oh, Scoob, sorry, mate. I said, mate, I'll never forgive you. <laughs> they all came crawling back together. Okay, good. I said, mate, I'll never talk to you again. I said, it's the worst. You know, you like, can't believe you've done it. You know, How could you do that? Well, so I got my own back in the end in that you know, they're all, oh, what? you can't do that. And I thought, no, I'm not letting this opportunity pass by.
2: Like, no, and nor should you. Love the old stories. And great watching Booney last night, memories of the 87 World Cups. not too often we saw Craig McDermott about at four either, mind you. But mm. uh, that was all part of a way to sort of a circuit breaker, if you like, to inject the run, get the run rate up. Bully a
3: bit. England we want to do. We wanted to bully him. <laughs>
2: he comes in um, and it's 14 <laughs> off eight. But I did laugh the, uh, at the match report. You know, it was said that he made a, a white hot start. The boys were, you know, Marsh and Booney were creaming him. And then I said, what were you after at 10? None for 52 or whatever after 10. It's like now that would be par for the course. We
3: were 30 to 40. Our, our, Our match plan was after 10 overs. It'd be no more than two wickets down and be 30 to 40 runs. Oh, so there you go. They, they're 30 to 40 after three now. Yeah. yeah.
2: And your score of 250, yeah. they pass that in 35 <laughs> overs nowadays, wouldn't they? In that part of the world, especially. Today, they'd
3: laugh at it. Half the crowd would go home today and say, all oh, well, right, I'll get those easy. You'd need
2: 100 more than that, I reckon. You'd yeah,
3: go home and mow the lawn. Uh, yeah, the Omo Insurance Open Lines
2: 1300 736 736. Just before we get to our first break, a topic of conversation we stumbled upon yesterday that we wanted to spend a bit of time on yeah. today off the top, but uh, we had a few interviews yesterday and the like was. Best country footy feeds. You know the club that has the best grub. So on the eve of this new footy season, where do you, country footy, suburban footy, uh, remote football club, and inner city footy club, what one has the 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 delicacy that is unique to that particular club, and who perhaps does it better than most? We spoke um, about the uh, the chicken steaks at Seymour yesterday. Yep. That are the stuff of legend, didn't we?
3: Yeah, I reckon the other thing about footy clubs. How you know when their grubs good? They always sell out of them. Quick. So buy half time of the first. Oh, they're gone. They've sold out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So whether
3: it's their dimmy, their hot dog, their burger, whatever it is, they're sold out.
2: Good call. Someone said yesterday the Euroa hot dogs apparently, but I have it on pretty good authority from uh, from uh, our intrepid producer, Brooksy. The, Brooksy, uh,
3: one of the best producers in the
4: business.
2: They might have been the ones historically anyway at Yaroa that uh, the dogs had the old skin on, the old red ones with it. You can't have that. The old red ones with the skin on.
3: I did your row of root in the last year.
2: You can't be having that in your bun.
3: I had a, I had one. I oh, know, I had a burger. It's the burger they have on the hill, Brooksy, isn't it? Yeah, no, I had the, the burger. I didn't have the dog. No, nah, it's right? the I had dog. The bur- has the Actually, I think I went back and had another go. You had a
2: double had burger. burger?
3: Yeah, they kind of did. I had one before oh. the seniors started, then I had one a quarter time as well. Jeez, did
2: you have one on the way home as well?
3: No, I didn't. I didn't. I think Just... I had a Bundy and Coke as well. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> tried there to is... start four fights, but no. No, Brooks,
2: he's it. obviously the mayor of Seymour. In fact, I think he was a contender for Seymour Bachelor of the Year back in the day. But there's no love loss between <laughs> Seymour and Euro either, we need to point out also. So I reckon the old line around training back in the day was mm-hmm. at, at Seymour footy training was, Uroa won't be doing this. Euro won't be doing this. Actually,
3: i tell you what, yeah, I watched the seymour Euroa game. Young um, uh, J.D. Hayes played in a while back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And? I went over to the Uroa, um huddle, said, you got any heavies, let's start belting that bloke and that bloke. <laughs> Although i were belting poor old JD and someone needed to belt him back. Really, right. he, Brooksy will know who the blokes were. I know who the blokes were.
2: Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll I was it. an
3: old Assumption boy. I was disgustingly fancy doing that.
2: Expected expect you to Big know names up after this break. Hey, we've got our, our friends over in S- um a uh, part of us uh, up until 6.30, of course, before we, we hand over to the crew over there. So great to have you on board in that part of the world or wherever you might be listening this morning after this break, Scoop, small matter of LeBron James's all-time oh. scoring record uh, fell in... In dramatic fashion yesterday, the way it came to pass is uh, so typically US, the way it happens. So we'll break it down on the other side of this. Great to have you on board as well. The Temper 40 Wings text is 0433 98 11 16. Get involved. Consumer's choice winner, temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases. They conform to the exact shape of your body.
1: Summer breakfast. Right, welcome back. The Club Grub nominations coming
2: through thick and fast, Scoob, on the 40 Temper oh, 40 Wings text 04 11 16. I've seen paella's there. I've seen brekkie rolls. There's a whole heap of stuff coming through. Must I,
3: have skin on a hot absolutely dog.
2: Absolutely cannot. You can't have those red saveloys in a, in a hot dog. What? Absolutely not. Oh, that's un-Australian. Oh, they are horrendous. They are horrendous. Oh, with sauce and a need bit to of be, cheese. Need to be avoided. Oh, no. That need to be avoided quick. They taste horrible. They're over-processed. We're not going Mate, there. that skin.
3: health food that's in them, you've got to have the skin around to keep it in. It keeps wanting <laughs> to jump out and jump into your mouth because it's so healthy. Well, all
2: this talk about food, I do feel like asking if you want fries with that with this headset that I am <laughs> rocking this morning. Hey, how was oh, Le- I don't
3: mind pizza for brekkie.
2: How was LeBron yesterday? Uh, the step-back jumper opposed to Kenrich Williams for his 38,388th point at the time, making him the all-time leading scorer in the history of the NBA. Went past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the captain, who was uh, courtside, Of course, I love the fact the that the pilot had, was there. I love the fact that he had um, he had the blazer with the captain written on mm. it. Uh, the great Kareem, the Dream. Um, that record standing since eighty four. So thirty eight years of age, LeBron, um, amazing. Uh, and Kareem, of course, before that, went past another legend in Wilt Chamberlain. ESPN had the LeBron score ticker up in the top right hand corner, which was fantastic. Uh, Josh Giddy, part of history too, Scoob. He was in the shot for the history making. Uh, And there was an amazing photo by Andrew Bernstein, I think it was, of Getty Images. Now, it's the moment taken from behind. LeBron's shooting the photo away, balls in the air. Every single person there has got their phones out wanting to capture the moment, right? Everyone is looking through their phone or holding their phone up. It's an amazing photo. Thousands of people with their iPhones out, except one man. And he's sitting courtside, and he's sitting there like a boss. He's leaning back. He's just got this smile on his face, and he's watching it completely unfazed, that man was the co-founder and CEO of Nike, Phil Knight, who happened to be there among oh, all the many celebrities like um, Jay Z and Floyd Mayweather, yep. and I think I saw I saw there a whole stack of celebrities mm. there as well. So I just that that photo was absolutely incredible. Did you yeah. see much of this yesterday? No,
3: what's bits and pieces of it? What's bits and pieces of it? Um, he's I could get over the size of LeBron James, probably <laughs> maybe because. The focus of so much of the coverage yesterday was on him. Yeah. Uh, sort of taking it for granted He's emotional. He cried. Oh, yeah. He
2: dropped the F-bomb on air as well. Yeah. The game shuts down in the middle of the third yeah. period for a 10 or 15-minute yep. presentation. Yeah. Extraordinary seats.
3: Yeah, blow the whistle and let's get back on of the NBA's way.
2: NBA's version of Buddy, they stop for a full full sit-down mm. and a full presentation and a speech. And afterwards, did you see Shaq? I think Shaq might be eighth all-time, I think, NBA scorer, is mm. certainly in the top ten emotional Shaq um, as part of the coverage and he 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 wanted
3: great LA man wasn't he
2: he was for a period of time indeed but uh, he was very persistent with his line of questioning as you're about to hear for LeBron James because the debate around LeBron as it has been for many years Scoob is where does he sit is he the best of all time and Shaq wanted the man himself to say that he was the goat
5: does this now make you the greatest
6: player of all time are you now the goat (laughs) (laughs)
7: <laughs> uh you know i'm gonna let everybody else uh you know decide who that is or just talk about it but it's great it's great barbershop call, uh talk
6: you know oh, for no, me i want to hear you listen big fella listen big
0: fella i, yeah.
6: I want to hear you say <laughs> listen, it me personally i'm gonna take myself
7: i'm gonna take myself <laughs> against anybody that's ever played this game um you know but everyone's gonna have their favorite everyone's gonna you know decide who they who, who their favorite is but um i know what i've brought to the table i know what i bring to the table every single night and, and what i can what I can do out on this floor, so, um, you know, I always feel like I'm the best to ever play this game, but, you know, there's so many other great ones, and I'm happy to just be a part of their uh, part of their journey.
2: I'm going to take me, he said later on. <laughs> I love Shaq's questioning. Persistent and good on him. Uh, John's in Richmond. Johnny, what did you make of it, mate? Uh, hi,
4: guys. Yeah, look, just on uh, who is the greatest, um, didn't his uh, kids,
7: um, LeBron James, decide that yesterday? when they wore
2: Jordans at the game. Well spotted, Johnny. Well spotted. Nice little observation for you. There was another observation as well, mate, and this is the beauty of it when you have 20,000 people with their iPhones out, is there was a piece of video shot from behind the LA Lakers bench and everyone's up. The crowd's Hmm. up. His teammates are up. And then there's pandemonium when the ball goes in. Antonio Davis takes a seat, his teammate, his high-profile teammate, nonplussed, sat down, unmoved, what do we make of that?
3: There's a game to be won.
2: Well, either that or is there no love lost between the pair?
3: The, the news reports I watched last night.
2: They the, lost, the, by the way.
3: Yeah, the, the other bit that got me was people played up to $70,000 yeah. for a seat.
2: Yeah, Denzel Washington then was the name of And they used their iPhone. Yeah, yeah, I know. There should, should be more Phil Knights in the world. How times have changed. Wow. Uh, a shout-out for Keezer. Throughout the year, we'll be talking about health and well-being, all thanks to Keezer struggling with knee, back or neck pain. Rebuild your strength with a Keezer physio today. Farewell, our SENSA friends. You can still listen to us on the app, of course, but if you want to go local, you want to plug yourself into Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs, they'll be joining you automatically, mind you, after the news What headlines. do they think this is, SENSA? That's right, Coons. So get involved in the Temple 40 weeks text because we're going to read out some of these famous club grub items after this.
0: Nom, 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 nom,
2: Yes, Greg's just in as well, Scoob, saying hot dogs at Uroa are good, but the paella, the paella, cooked by Hunter Ward at Rochester is the best.
3: That's extraordinary that someone <laughs> would do a paella at <laughs> a, paella? a footy game.
2: But how good in the middle of winter, particularly in some parts of the state, up in the northeast where she's a bit chilly. Nice hot paella. Oh, that'd be mean. How do you eat it? What do you mean, in a bowl with a fork? How do you normally eat rice? Footy. Oh, is there something wrong with that? It's got to be you in your got hands, doesn't it? To
3: do. That's got to be in your hands.
2: Man. <laughs> this come from a man who just had two burgers at a game? get a bit, of, a bit of sauce
3: on your little finger as you're munching into the burger. Oh,
2: I reckon you got hand on either side. Okay, all right then. Oh, well, it's the optics, is it? You don't know, like the look of the fork and the and the bowl. Well,
3: I'm not sure whether a, a famous and it is Spanish paella, isn't
2: it? it yes, indeed. It I'm it. sure it, uh,
3: that that's appropriate.
2: Oh, where's the hand from? Paella. We've, we've, we've had
3: everything. Well, it's every, more Australian than a We've, paella. Adop-
2: <laughs> we've adopted everything here. It's uh, here breakfast for the Kogan Money credit card pack full of value. But our sports update is for Toro. Above or below ground, you can count on Toro. Do you reckon Toro is Spanish?
3: Rochester, with Doing a
2: payella. Yeah, and there's a lot of nominate. We've got to get ourselves to the Hallam Hawks. I'll come back to this in a moment. Uh, LeBron James, he's broken the all-time NBA point-scoring record. He surpassed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We were speaking about that before the break. And uh, at around this time yesterday, Scoob, word had filtered through that uh, the Suns president, Chairman Tony Cochrane, might be on the move. And uh, as he told Jared Whateley, that absolutely is the plan. You got your little screen there in front of you? Yeah. Yeah, you want to tell me what happened to. I thought you
3: were throwing to a bit of audio. No, I was throwing to you for a bit
2: of Simon O'Donnell audio. All oh,
3: right. Outspoken Suns chairman Tony Cochran <laughs> is stepping down on the Gold Coast board <laughs> after nine years.
2: Working beautifully here. Uh, the Blues, they're going to give ex Richmond speeds to Oleg Markov, uh, the old pole vaulter, the next six days to trial for a spot on their list out of the 2023 season. VFL defender Alex Chincotta also under careful consideration. Obviously, the Blues are losing Zach Williams to that season. Yeah, in other moves
3: around, Sammy. Yeah. Other moves. Former uh, Collingwood midfielder Callum Brown, he's training with the Hawthorne ahead of the pre-season supplementary selection period. That deadline is on February 15. So he might get a lifeline brownie.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, that's true, actually. Allegations. Hasn't this just unfolded uh, uh, concerningly, too, that uh, legendary footballer Barry Cable repeatedly sexually abused a Perth girl during his playing career? That's set, uh, set to be tested in a civil trial scoop.
3: Yes, uh, plenty of news around about that. Plenty of news also around about Todd Murphy. Oh, yeah. And the Your momentum man. is definitely building for young Todd to Hang make on his a test a boo today. Just
2: pause. Yesterday when you went into bat, pardon the pun for Todd Murphy, and said he should definitely be picked, did you know that he was going to be picked? No, Were no. you speaking with inside information behind you?
3: No, I wasn't. Okay you think I'm in George Bailey's pocket?
2: I thought you might have been in the Murphy family's George pocket. George
3: won't look great because George has said he can't play. Didn't he say he couldn't play two off-spinners together?
2: Correct. I thought maybe, I mean, it's been reported. Who knows if this is true or not, and we wouldn't know unless we're able to speak to them ourselves, but the Murphys have been flown over on the um, proviso being told that their son's going to play.
3: Yeah, that, that Yeah, that doesn't mean he plays. Right. Mum and dad getting on the plane doesn't mean... They wouldn't have you, told you them? Play for a, well, maybe say that... He's, a He's in the mix. Good chance, really mm-hmm. good chance of playing, mm-hmm. but it's not a not a guarantee. Depends on where their doctoring finishes and starts, probably.
2: All right. Whether uh, the
3: portions of the pitch are in you know his favour or not.
2: Paddy Cummins wouldn't get drawn on the pitch debacle uh, debate either. Instead, he just said Australia embracing the chaos. Uh, Paris Mayor Anne Hidalgo says there should be no Russian delegation at the Paris Olympics next year if Moscow continues its war against Ukraine. She did, though, leave the door open for Russian uh, descendants who do not support the war to parade in Paris under a refugee banner.
3: And uh, the Aussies are going over uh, for a uh, learning experience to the Super Bowl. Three AFL execs have headed... Over to the States, Gil McLaughlin, Kylie Rogers, and Andrew Dillon. They'll all be at uh, Monday's match at the Super Bowl to you know, just, uh, I think, from an entertainment point of view, to think what are we going to do 2023 at the grand final? Indeed. i excited. Back.
2: He's excited. Fats for Toro. Above all, below ground, you can count on Toro. It's Anthony Davis. Come on, Sam. I thought you'd be more than a casual. Apologies. I... Antonio Davis always sticks in my head. When I was riding to the NBA, Antonio Davis was a player for the Indiana Pacers, and I, I often say Antonio instead of Anthony. I knew who it was, just a simple typo, a verbal typo, if you will. Uh, apologies. Um, some of these texts come through. Michael from Cranbourne, though, Scoob. Get around the Hallam Hawks. There's a loaded brekkie roll pre-game. Now I'm all about the brekkie roll. I think that's important because you you're covering off the under-18s early. They kicking the dew off early, yeah. so you can't be ripping into a well. I can't a hot dog at 9:30. Brekkie roll, perfect. Then there's a loaded hot dog after the match made by the sensational canteen ladies. Obviously with a frothy to polish it off. The best you'll find, Mick says, out there in Cranbourne.
3: What's the loaded roll? The loaded loaded, brek- loaded hot dog. Well, what what is. The Hallam the, the loaded, the early one, the loaded, is that a bacon and egg roll?
2: Let us know the specifics of the recipe, please, Michael, if you can. Load of yeah. brekkie I imagine there's egg and there's bacon. there were for a bit of relish.
3: I'm just Cheese, of, if it takes your fancy. I'm planning the day. I'm, sort of, I'm thinking, okay, I've gone a coffee early, strong, yeah. extra shot. Yeah, I've hooked into a, a Hallam brekkie roll. Mm. I've then had two burgers for lunch and a can of Bundy and Coke. Mm. Then probably getting a bit peckish and going for afternoon tea with, what, a bit of sponge and a couple of Lemingtons, maybe a scone and cream, mm. maybe wash that down with a further Bundy and Coke, and then you're you're sort of scampering around, then saying, "Who can drive the car?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dave, Dave says he studied the EFNL extensively. South Belgrave does the best. Uh, does the South Park Burger, which is the best in the game. Bunny Footy Club best chips and gravy. I've never been a chips and gravy man. No, I mean, to no. be honest, just don't want to soggy those chips up too much.
3: Kids after school love them. Uh, they go and get their minimum chips and then they just get gravy smothered all over. I'm not
2: sure about it. Langy Burgers at the MPNFL finals are elite from Big Rue. Beautiful ground out at Lang Warren. Played there many times. Massive deck. Beautiful at least when I was playing. Beautiful surface. Who is playing? Great for facility. Then? Uh the Sereno Sharks, the home of the lobster roll that we spoke of. Well, you played, played Lang Warren. <laughs> and the truffle chips. Well, Lang
3: Warren uh, and the Mornington Peninsula League. Yeah, they are and of course they are. I didn't realise that.
2: Big, big area, the Mornington Peninsula, as it turns out. Wow. Uh, before we get to a break, Goes let's Go to it. Phillip Johnny, Johnny's in, uh, in in Port Augusta. G'day, John. Good morning.
5: Hey, fellas. What
2: What's on your mind, Johnny? You got, uh,
5: got
4: us? I uh, just read, um, uh, by the way, it's um, in. Yeah, I know they're covering the cricket bay, which is great but will it be synchronised with Fox Cricket and all the rest of it? Because I'd love to listen
5: to, with, um, listen to FCN with the Fox Cricket pictures and all the rest of it.
2: Well, Johnny, you can try and link it up. All I can tell you is that we'll be taking it live, as live as can possibly be live, and ball by ball. Uh, Adam Collins will be in the chair over there with with the majority of the play by play, and and obvious, obviously Barat Sundar Racing as well. So we'll be doing it live, Johnny, and hopefully it marries up uh, with the picture that you're able to uh, acquire from uh, from Fox. We're both really looking forward to it here. Can't wait for it. Uh, Port Melbourne's Borough Burger as well. Lots of nominations for that. I know that's been the um, that's been on the hit list for a long period of time. Scoop, uh, keep them coming through. Roast beef roll. Don't mind some of those either. Um, and at Stall they love their Pepsi Max. Good on you, Roy. That's a shout-out to Pickers, of course, uh, the uh, Stall's fine ambassador. And, yes, he's fond of uh, Pepsi Max. Uh, we'll take a break here on uh, Summer Breakfast. Uh, great to have your company. You can give us a call like Johnny at any time. I'm our insurance open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Back shortly.
1: Summer breakfast.
5: Okay, a couple of loose
2: ends to tidy up here, Scoob. Uh, Johnny and Port Augusta wanted to sync the SEN commentary with the Fox. Uh, cricket feed. Uh, the obvious suggestion coming through off the text is tell Johnny to work out how long the delay is between SN commentary and the Foxtel uh, feed and pause the TV until it catches up. Simple as that. Uh, uh, Johnny, you can get it working beautifully. And Michael and Craigie Burns texted back in. I'm so glad you did, Mick. You wanted to know what the Lodi brekkie roll included and now you've got it in full beautiful detail.
3: Egg, bacon, crispy of course, hash brown, heap of cheese, tomato relish. Whoa. Tastes, eve,
2: tastes even better than it sounds, Nick says. And oh. uh, this text has just dropped as well. You guys are killing me. I've been on a strict diet for the last four weeks and all the mentions of burgers and beef rolls and hot dogs are making my stomach scream. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit like that, isn't it? Uh, bird chip How much
3: can you eat the footy? Like, can you do a bacon <laughs> and egg roll on arrival? a burger and a hot dog for lunch, and then afternoon too with a bit of cake and a leamington and, a burger, and then go home and have dinner?
2: A burger and a hot dog for lunch. Oh, yeah. And then a vanilla slice at the end, maybe, which uh, I'm told here, chip. if you want a vanilla slice at the footy, chip's the place to go, and for the best pies as well.
3: Now, is that at the footy, or is that at the bakery? Footy. Oh, don't tell me that. Footy. We haven't, we haven't graduated to having vanilla slices at the footy, have Footy. we?
2: Footy. Hey, when is, when is there going to be a really smart club out there that's going to have a bakery in-house? Imagine if you whipped up a bakery in the club, <laughs> so you're baking your own baked goods and your own cakes. I'm sure, there's one. a
3: van that does that.
2: How? Go- no permanent fixture
3: in yeah, the club. Permanent. Of course they can use it eight times. A no, year.
2: but some bakeries that can be where they people come to pick up their bread in the morning and everything. And a, a footy double, At double dips. Of course, a lot of these footy clubs are in the dead centre of town. It can work. It's the stuff of genius. <laughs>
1: Yes. Stay on radio,
2: that's a, that's his genius. is uh, texting. Has actually put S C N Stadium in at Nagpur? I'm not sure Moz, If S C N <laughs> Stadium up and running over there in Nagpur, but who knows? It might be in Delhi. We'll ask. Uh, we'll ask Jared when he gets over there after the Super Bowl. It was great to hear Jared yesterday, and he'll be back today from nine o'clock. Jeff's in uh, Manor Lakes. So I think he wants to weigh into the goat debate when it comes to M J and LeBron James, and maybe someone else you want to throw up. Jeff, welcome.
5: G'day, guys. Um, look, yeah, all respect for LeBron with what he's done, but it's the longevity in the game that has got him to where he is. Um, he chases titles, and, look, he, he has to be up there with the conversation to go. But Michael Jordan, with what he did in basketball, he averaged more points per game than what LeBron has. He took an average Chicago Bulls, especially after he... Um, did his baseball career to three titles in a row, six titles in eight years. And you just have to look at what happened to the Chicago Bulls once he left. They were a basket case again. So I think, you know, when you really put the two together, Michael George wins hands down. Good
2: on you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, and there's the scoring titles and there's uh, the titles and there's... um. The game's played, like Jeff says, so there's all sorts of things to factor in. One thing you note is that, and we've got a few texts along these lines this morning, is how the game has changed. So LeBron James has attempted nearly six and a half thousand threes in his career, and he's made uh, 2,230-odd in his career. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar made one. Sorry. <laughs> Different players, of course, but he only attempted 18. And even MJ only attempted uh, under 1,800 threes in his career compared to LeBron's Six and a half wow. thousand, so it shows you how much the, the again different players, but the the game has changed. And then you go all the way down to Steph Curry, who's obviously on the active list at wherever he is, uh, 39th all time scorer, and he's attempted seven thousand seven hundred threes and made a staggering thirty three hundred of them. So again, different player, but the way the game has changed, much more paint dominant game back then in the Kareem days, mm. as opposed to now. LeBron can uh, you mentioned his size, like oh, it's the, the the, the The pro athlete and the evolution of man and woman is just going to keep changing. They're going to get bigger. They're going to get stronger. They're going to get quicker. They're going to get taller, more powerful. You know, we see it in our game all the time, don't we? No different in the NBA. To be
3: that size and to be able to move the way he does. And he's 38 years old. Yep. No spring chicken. It's quite extraordinary.
2: And what a professional. Probably got another couple of thousand points in him as well. Uh, Tim's in Epping. He texted in, how great was it? We talked about this, Tim, for Josh Giddy to be on the court for the LeBron moment. Something to tell the grandkids about. He was in shot, in fact, for LeBron's shot there, guarding just off uh, off of LeBron. So he will forever be enshrined in that piece of, uh, of sporting history. Now, you had a, you questioned the, the bakery at the footy ground sort of set up, didn't you? Yes. You did tell us yesterday, as I'm being bakery. reminded, you did tell us yesterday, as I'm being reminded, that when you stop at a local town, you eat your lunch at the local footy oval. So a bakery there would kill two birds with one stone.
3: Yeah, I'm not what sure, a vista. I'm not sure there's many, many people that um, do the same thing as I do because when I am sitting having my role and having a look at a local footy ground, which I think tells a lot about a, a country town, Yes, their, their local sports ground, uh, there's not a lot of other cars there.
2: With no, that's me. because there's not a bakery there, but people often go to the bakery and then go to the park. Imagine having a bakery at a footy ground, open space, set up the picnic, and then come match day. It's all right there. I, I, Top shelf catering.
3: Your enthusiasm is, is, is noble.
2: You will admit it's a good idea prior to nine am no, this I morning. I am certain certain of that.
3: I, I think I think it's a, it's a complete and utter fantasy.
2: Apologies to people listening this morning. I know I sound a little bit different. Uh, I'm I'm rocking a drive through style headset. Uh, the good friends at McDonald's would uh, would wear proudly. Over the day uh, we've had a sort of a, um, a malfunction in here with our God.
6: Nothing is working today. Nims. So
2: um, I'm flying out. Helicopter. I'm operating the drive-through. On yes, I do sound a little bit uh, different. So please excuse me for that. And no, um, someone texted earlier. I can't duck out to, to JB during the ad break to grab a new one. This is it for the day, but it's fine. Weather update. City Power supplying power to homes in the CBD and inner suburbs. It's going to be nice today, Scoob. Yep. 13 at the moment, but, but just a bit of chill We're around. Going early, a bit of the
3: Shield game today.
5: But a top of 26. At the G. Yeah.
2: Perfect for you to watch the Bulls and the Bush Rangers. Correct. Down there at the G. We'll take a break. Back after this.
1: Summer Breakfast.
2: Welcome back. It's a Thursday morning. It's summer breakfast. It's Sam Edmund and Simon O'Donnell with you. Already got two cracking texts today Simon that uh, are hard to split. One was from Moza wondering if uh, Hutchie's installed SN Stadium out at Nagpur. Maybe he has. And there's this one from Scott just coming back to LeBron James. Boys my do you remember where you were when moment yesterday. I work at Nike HQ in Collins Street and the office got together to watch LeBron who's obviously a Nike athlete scoop to see if he could get the record. 20 minutes before he gets it my boss forces me into a meeting and i miss it i think i'm going to work for adidas (laughs) i didn't mind that one scotty uh and bad luck that you missed it uh boys the best thing jordan ever said on the court was when he noticed kobe bryant wearing a pair of his jordans jordan said you can wear my shoes but you will never fill them what a Mm. statement pretty good up there with one of the best trash talkers in all of sport wouldn't he mj talk the talk i would think so absolutely walk the walk
3: Uh, yeah, he didn't mind. He didn't. He, the more pressure he put on himself, I reckon, the better he got.
2: Yep, indeed. Uh, yeah, the Call of the Year is back, too, thanks to Toyota for a tougher appearance at every angle. You want to search Toyota Hilux Rogue today, and Gaz and Tim who are back next Tuesday. Hasn't that rolled around quickly? They're back already? What? They'll be giving away a Toyota at the end uh, of the year, and actually, I didn't park this text, but someone said, big thanks to you for your, uh, your three months of uh, breakfast radio as well, Simon, and that... We'll see you again in another couple of months when when the boys uh, take some more leave. So you've been magnificent. And you need it today because it's a big day in the world of cricket. The first test starts, 2.30, ball by ball here. We will take you to India right here at SEN. Now, you won't miss a moment of it. And, boy, the build-up, as you mentioned, could not have been spicier. So out of 7 o'clock, after these news headlines, we are going to rip right into it.
3: Have you had an update from Casper? Did he get there safely?
2: (laughs) I have not heard from Casper. I've What's not he going to do with
3: Sweppo not playing? Do you think he'll fly straight back?
2: Yeah, well, he was of the mind that you don't play the two off-spinners, no. um, traditional off-spinners uh, in the yeah. same setup. He
3: played a lot of cricket with Glenn McGrath and Brett Lee, if I remember rightly, and Jason Gillespie. All right, this there's is four your... four fast bowlers, all right hand, all in the one team.
2: That was him yesterday at Tullamarine. Well, fast this is, bowlers you...
3: are not the smartest, uh, tool, sharpest tools in the shed, are they? Hey? You,
2: you are entitled to an I told yeah. you so moment. And then there's the small matter of the pitch. There's that's
3: been. should have a picnic. Later. Ravi
2: Shastri said, that is absolute bullshizen that they're what? cheating over there.
3: He that, didn't swear he, the rav, he did he?
2: Absolutely did. Everyone else has weighed in. We will too after this.
1: Summer Breakfast.
2: Welcome back. Great to have you on board. I hope your Thursday morning has started brightly. It's certainly going to be a bright day in this part of the world. Nice top of 26 degrees uh, today. On the McCafe menu, our official coffee partner, the last winning Australian cricket coach to tour India, John Buchanan, is going to join us a little bit later on. Can't wait to have his insights on the program. Mick Lovett from the AFL record. The Bible's out today. The AFL season guide. Graham Hosier is the president of Corowa Rutherglen Footy Club. Questions that note are still to come. All for the Koga Money credit card Packed full of value, um, Brian, uh, as texting as well. Just quickly here, Scoob, a big shout out to you. As a result of the discussion yesterday, I had baked beans for breakfast for the first time in two decades. Good on you, Brian. So you, you inspired Brian <laughs> and a bit of bowel movement as well off the back of it, perhaps. Uh, you have a ripper Before we rip into uh, to matters over there in India, uh, my outstanding idea for, for bakeries to be housed inside oh. Football Club might have the support of uh, Rob in Geelong or, or maybe not. But uh, nevertheless, he's called in on the Omar Insurance Open line. G'day, Rob.
4: Yeah, g'day, boys. Love the show. Listen every morning.
2: You're a good man, Robbie. G'day, Rob.
4: I think it's a really good idea for the fact I I lived in some country towns and I always was up at the local
5: cricket clubs. And do they not all have like canteens and little sitting
4: areas and things like that where you can go and have your pies and things like that and have your beers after a game? I think it would be a terrific idea to open up some sort of bakery inside inside the football clubs.
3: Rob, I look, I must, I, I beg to differ. I do, I beg to differ. Do. I don't think you're going to get the traffic that you get in the main street. And, you know, that, that's where I reckon bakeries become synonymous, serving the whole of the community. I think you're isolating part of them at the sports ground. But you and Sammy are pretty strong. And I know Sammy's strong in here, Rob, and you backed him up, which surprises me that <laughs> he's getting any sort of backup for... Um, for the bakery at the footy ground idea, I just I, I don't think it's got enough legs.
2: Good on you, Rob. Uh, there's an old saying, okay. Kevin Costner's favourite: build it. And they will come. Now, what has Bharat Southern and started over there in India? Because they've built it and they're coming for it. It's the wicket for the first test uh, that has been, well, in the eyes of many, and particularly in our country, has been doctored, borderline cheating is the strong terminology in some quarters. Now, if you've been living under a rock the past uh, couple of uh, days, it was this time yesterday where the photos emerged via Bharat, who was on hand, to watch the grand staff there at Nagpur roll and water the wicket for the first test, save for... Or just a couple of patches outside the off stump uh, if you're a left-hander. Now, I do have to say, I love the saying that's come up in defence of the wicket, saying it's the same for both teams. <laughs> like It's the exact opposite of being the same for both teams. We've got a glut of lefties in our top order, and they might have two in their entire 11. So it's not the same for both teams I'd at all. I'd
3: just like to see the pitch being the same for the complete area of yeah. the pitch.
2: <laughs> that's true as well. There's a bit of patchwork quilt about it, isn't there? Oh. How bizarre. So is it gamesmanship? Is it too far? Is it doctoring? Is it cheating? I'm just as interested in Patty Cummins and Australia's approach to it, knowing they were going to be bombarded with questions and how they approach it. See, series hasn't even started yet. Long tour. Do we just set this thing on fire right from the off or do we keep our powder dry and let other people get all argy-bargy about it? And they've chosen the latter. Mm-hmm. So Pat Cummins, very measured yesterday doesn't want to poke the bear. In fact, he used the terminology, we have to embrace the chaos, which is a powerful message for his own team to not get distracted by all the hysteria and all the controversy. And it's, I think, designed not to, you listen to people say, series have been lost over there when the locals get upset and you poke the bear, so to speak. I know Bharat's big on that as well, that once India you get angry and upset, it's over. So it's interesting the way the Aussies have chosen to handle,
3: and I think that's a smart way, particularly at the start. You know, the start of the tour. Uh, let other people fight their fight, and th- this is where we need a a really strong administration too. To so now say, well, look, you know, if, if this is the case, and and w- whether the surface and the way it plays backs up the photos that have been taken, I mean, y- y- your cricket authorities have to have to make sure they they really belt the door down and say something has to be done here now. I have no problem with with um, home ground advantage. I, I have no problem with a with a custom made pitch, if you like. That you know, in the baking sun in India, you're going to get low, slow pitches that turn. But when now you've you've made it into a jigsaw puzzle, and you, you've you are um, designing a pitch that that will favour one side and not the other deliberately, with left and right handed batsmen, for example, that we're going to. Possibly experience in Nagpur, that that's now we've gone too far, mm. and you know I, I love Ravi Shastri. I think he was a wonderful player for India. He's a good bloke, but really, I mean, it, it's near impossible, near impossible to plead a case here that this is fair and reasonable, and Nagpur will play as Nagpur always plays. If, if the the, the photos and the presentation of that pitch, you know, the, there is there is that absolute difference in one area of the pitch to the other.
2: The other defence, before we hear from Ravi of the wicket, in we've got a few texts already in the in the 45 seconds we've been talking about, it is no different to the green top at the Gabba. Day and a half test match. Now, I encourage everyone, if you haven't read it, read Robert Craddock's piece in the news call papers today <laughs> where he goes hard. But he references Sonny Gavaskar. says the same thing about the Gabba that it's a bit rich for Australia. They've got no right to moan about pitches when it hosted a test that finished inside those two days. Well, as Crush points out, no one's perfect, but sorry, Sonny, there's a difference between a stuff-up and a stitch-up. Mm. And the curator up at the Gabba, whose name escapes him, put his hand up and said, yeah, we, yeah. we got it wrong. We got yeah. it horribly wrong. But this would appear to be a deliberate manipulation of the pitch rather than a horrendous error yeah. when it comes to preparing. They didn't
3: the have deck. a dry dry area up one end and a green area exactly. up the
2: other. It was consistently crap, wasn't Correct. it? Correct. <laughs> Rather than crappy. It was holistically crap. <laughs> That's right. Um, morning, fellas. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the Indian Quicks do the damage the last time we played them? They did, but that was in this part of the world. Vastly different situation to the subcontinent, which we're about to discover, I feel. Nevertheless, Ravi Shastri. Now, he was on with Sports Day last night. Uh, Kane Corns and, and Jared Healy. Now, Kane, in typical Kane fashion, didn't muck around. He put the cheating accusation to Ravi, and this is how Ravi chose to respond.
6: Ravi, what is going on? I'm upset by this. A lot of us Australians are upset by the tactics used to repair this pitch. They've watered the middle, but they've left the length for a left-hander pretty dry, and there's been a lack of treatment. Do you think this is...
8: I've called it cheating. Is that fair? Uh, That's bullshit. (laughs) Cheating? (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing on that side. It's more hype, more than anything else, you know surrounding this first test match. It always happens. Do you feel Australian wickets are designed for the Australian team? I wouldn't say designed for the Australia. Of course, uh, you know when you look at the bounce, the pace, the, uh, the grass on that surface, I just watched a test match between Australia and South Africa. That was great. I got up on the third morning and there was no cricket. So if this finishes in three days, do you think it's a poor wicket? I don't think it's a poor wicket if the quality of cricket is good. It's, it's sometimes you've got to see the quality of the uh, of the cricket. You know, if the if the batsmen are not up to scratch and can't apply themselves or play properly, then the match will get over in uh, in three days.
6: So you don't think it's strange that they've they, they clearly uh, got a belief that Australians left-hand batsmen are going to struggle, and there's a lot of them: Warner, Kawaja, Head, Carey. If Renshaw plays, mm-hmm. that they've done. You think they've done this deliberately or not? No,
8: if if if. if the ball is going to turn from there, so be it. Yeah, but do you think it's targeted? Is this targeted at the left-hand, left-hand batsman? Because as a lot of people would uh, agree, and I'm, I'm happy for you to have the counter-argument, this is specifically designed <laughs> to favour India. Oh, so what? Uh, it's home conditions. So do what suits you. Both teams have to play on the surface.
2: So it took a while, but they brought him right around. In fact, yes, uh, in Rabbi's mind it is deliberate, but so what? Uh, you're playing in our backyard, you, you'll get what you're given. I think what he was railing – if I read this right? I think what he was railing against with the with the profanity early was that we're not cheating. If you're in our backyard, we do whatever we like. But I might have misread that. But that's what I think – that's how I judge it in the fullness of the conversation.
3: Yeah, the fullness of the conversation means the ICC need to sit down and – Well, that's not going to happen, is it? No. Well, It has to. It has to. This this could be an absolute farce, absolute farce. When we now start breaking up into into sections, what you want your test pitch to look like? Sorry, that, that like it or not, that's not good for test test cricket. It won't be good for test cricket. And, and this is taking this is taking a, a competitive edge to a whole new level. And I'm with, I'm with Crash. This is a stitch up. You know, it's not a stuff-up, it's a stitch-up.
2: He did say, Crash, in his piece, in the colourful and occasionally sordid world of test cricket preparation, it's hard to recall a more obvious example of a Dr Deck than this son of a pitch in Nagpur. Mm. <laughs> Richard C. good day,
7: Richard.
5: Uh, good morning, guys. Uh, Simon, uh, look, I couldn't agree any more.
7: Um, look, Simon, two or three days ago, there was a report in the Herald Sun referring to uh, Warner and Kawaja and some of these left-handers. And the fact that they were going to bowl, so many left-arm bowlers. And I thought at the time,
4: they're going to bowl into cracks and the batsmen have got no hope. Now, I've said for years, we've got to have international curators and this this stops all this thing.
3: All I want is pitches that... that, um, um... Have a characteristic. They play to that characteristic. The Gabba does every year. Adelaide Oval does every year. Perth does every year. Melbourne they've had their issues with in time and they've they've fixed it.
2: Sydney does with S- the rain. S-
3: Sydney, yeah, Sydney, Sydney used to spin a lot. They've changed it. You know, like it's it's fair and reasonable. There, there, there You know, people are texting in here now saying, you know, we doctor pitches. That's crap. That's absolute crack. The Gabba wicket has played the same way ever since I can remember playing cricket. The people that are coming in here saying we doctor wickets, that is absolute garbage. The characteristics of the Australian pitchers is basically the same day in, day out. India are doctoring this pitch to favour their test team. The ICC needs to strengthen up, have a sit down and say, hey, this is not taking our game anywhere. If the Indians push back on that, they need to get stronger and do something about it. That's where we need good, strong administration. There's enough challenges in front of test cricket that are weakening its resolve around the world. Let's not give it another reason to weaken its resolve by having test matches played on pitches that, that are, are like a jigsaw puzzle.
2: Richard, I know, I think you've hung up, but uh, call back if you like, uh, and Brooksy will sort you out with, uh, we'll sling you the oki Melbourne experience of four people valued at 360 bucks, 85 minutes of darts, gameplay, four share plates and two signature cocktails there, Richard. In fact, we've got a number of prizes to give away. So let's keep ripping back into the OMA Insurance open line here, Scuba. Anthony's in Craigieburn. Anthony, welcome.
5: Yeah, good morning, S1, S2. Um, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head? The ICC's not going to sit down and tell its money maker what to do, how to do. The solution's been spoken about for 20 years. Why don't we follow the baseball rule? Home team, bat second. Simple, easy, travel around the world, same for everybody.
3: And that may come, that's not a bad suggestion. You know, that may come in if it gets to a level where we're seeing here that, that, that parts of pitches are, is a different surface to other parts of the pitch. It's just, it's, it's not the way it happens. It's not the way the game should be played. I'm all for competition. Yes, there's a home ground advantage because of weather, because you know the pitch, you know its characteristics, you know how it usually plays. Some may be a bit drier than others. Some may, some may be a little more damp than others. That can be a mistake, a human error made by a grounds person. But when we're seeing, and if we are seeing is right, what we are seeing is right, it's just wrong. Mm. Uh, let's, let's
2: be honest, with the consistent whinging and worrying about the pitch before the game has even started, we've already lost this test match and that ultimately is what I think India was after. But the Aussies themselves, Fantastic. they haven't bought in one iota. There's not a person in any sort of official capacity who's weighed into this at all. So I'm not sure if we can make that assessment. Uh, Chinny's in Digger's Rest. Good day, Chinny. Morning, boys.
5: How are we going?
2: We're
3: going well. Good, Jimmy. Yeah, uh, so yeah, pretty happy with
5: uh, how you guys have gone this summer. Um, well done. Hopefully he's back. When uh, Gary and Kim are off, uh, one thing before I talk about the pitch, um, Scoob. Many years ago, I had the pleasure of having a couple of jars with you at our uh, Spencer Strength Station. You remember that bar that I used to have upstairs?
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. So uh,
5: oh, me and the lads were on our way out, and uh, you were on your way home, and uh, yeah, absolute pleasure, mate. Me and the boys have never forgotten that you're a champion
3: of a bloke. Good on you, Jimmy. Did he? Um,
2: did he shout? Hey, Ginny, did he shout?
3: He did, actually, yeah. We, uh, we actually stayed for a few times, actually. So, oh. Yeah, we all had a shout each. And, I would have been waiting know, for the Jimmy. train to go to Kilmore, was I?
5: Yeah, spot on. You were,
3: mate. Oh, there you go. Oh, good on, good you, on you, Jimmy. I'm glad uh, we had a yarn. Oh, would have enjoyed it.
2: Very, very nice. Hey, Jimmy, did you want to have you say quickly on the wicket?
3: Yeah, so, I
5: mean, look, I'm a big cricket nerd. I love it. Um, and Crash Crater's pretty um, level-headed. For him to, you know, say what he said and... It's pretty serious. I've seen the pictures and you know, seen what they've what they've been doing to it. I mean, it's just
4: it is just
5: plain cheating. Look, like, if the ICC don't do something about it, then I mean, what well, what are we supposed to do? Like, you can't, it's, you just can't do it, can you? You
3: know what I mean? Like, there's diplomacy in all of this, Jimmy. And I mean, I don't think you go in with a with a whip and start telling India how they how they run their cricket. But you've got to bring in. Um, Enough deterrence that these sort of things can't continually happen. Because at the end of the day, what loses is cricket. Cricket will lose at the end of the day. And if this pitch has, and it's it's different surfaces, plays an integral part in the result of this game, there should be hell to play.
2: Hey, Chinny, I've just been uh, just absolutely dying to give away this double pass to the South East Melbourne Phoenix final against the Perth Wildcats. It's tonight. So hopefully you can get along. If you want to go hang on the line, Brooks, you saw you out with the tickets. It's the first ever home final in uh, Phoenix franchise history. Tickets are otherwise available at Ticketek. You can go uh, on us if it uh, takes your fancy. A lot of texts coming through here, Simon. One of them, just before we get to the break, why don't the Aussies select an entire team of right-handers as a counter attack? Now, we can't do that. But what we can do is pick someone like a Peter Hanscom who might end up beating uh, Matty Renshaw to the post. It, Cam Green doesn't play, of course, there's a spot there, logically speaking. So let's talk a bit of selection on the other side of this because Todd Murphy, it would appear, is well and truly in line to, to play over there in, in Nagpur. And you were well, well ahead of the game on this one yesterday. We were unequivocal that he needed to be picked. one Justin, David, Tommy, we'll get to you also on the other side of this.
1: Summer Breakfast. Tell you what, it's got a few people hot under the
2: collar, this uh, wicket that is being prepared over there in Nagpur. That is for sure. It doesn't matter what side of the wicket you happen to be on. But uh, as we've been reminded off the text, maybe this is why David Warner's been practising right-handed in the nets. It all makes sense now. And what about this? Bring back the matting. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the old matting.
2: Bring back the matting. Oh, oh, oh. I grew up playing on the matting.
3: Didn't that used to bounce, oh. the matting. Yeah. Oh. And on the matting, sometimes you know, your club—they had the cork balls, and not the leather balls. Mm. They were cork with just painted red, and they end up, you know, pretty much a, a grey sort of bitumen colour at the end. Geez, they used to bounce.
2: I even played on a couple of concrete wickets as a kid. How long do you reckon the new ball lasted on that? Oh, not long. Uh, no, no, Justin's no. in uh, in Wondon. G'day, Justin.
4: G'day, guys. How are you? We're well. Hey. These people that are testing in saying that we stock the pitches in Australia, we prepare pitches in Australia
5: that are the same for everybody. Left handed batsmen, right handed batsperson, fast bowlers, spin bowlers, everyone's playing. That Gabba wicket was the same across all 22 feet of it. Didn't matter. If you're preparing a pitch that's not the same across all 222
6: feet of it, then you're cheating.
2: Yep. No, uh, pretty well summed up, Justin. And and that is the thoughts I know of uh, Simon, clearly, and many others on the text uh, as well. We've got a stack of prizes to give away, Justin. So how about we flick you uh, the double pass to the Summer Festival at the Valley, 24th of Feb. Uh, you can experience fun, you won't forget, with racing, music, entertainment, the whole bit, Summer Fest at the Valley, January 21, Feb 24, tickets at thevalley.com.au. Uh, thanks, Justin. David's in, in Launceston. Let's go down to Lonnie in Tassie, uh, Scoop, to hear from David. Hey, Dave.
4: G'day, guys. How are you? We're well. So I'll say my cricket experience is zero games, zero wickets, zero runs. So I've never played the game. However, the word mass hysteria comes into it. It may be a doctored pitch, but I have grown up watching the cricket in the 2000s when we went over to to uh, India and followed on and disastrous record where we didn't win that record. However, what does mass hysteria do? Creates viewership. 100%. So how many, people are going to, how many people are going to tune in and watch the first test that probably wouldn't have watched it? Um, we know test cricket's on its knees at the moment, so again, we know what we're going to get when we go to India. Um, whether it's fair or not, who really knows? But like they say, play each ball on its merits. So let's see the good batsmen go out there and take the challenge on.
2: Hey, David, I could not agree more. In fact, Simon and I and, and Brooksy and Coxie were talking about it during the break, um, that w- you know, on this station with you guys, the thing that gets people passionate and up and about is footy at the end of the day, right? We're, we're a footy station. We're, that's the bread and butter. The debatable topics, the roll-up the sleeves, really get into the topics and debate them. We don't tend to get that in other sports like tennis or cricket or, or soccer unless there is, you know, World Cup and soccer, of course, with the soccerers, which was great, and the Matildas will be as well, but a controversy of some kind. So whether it's Nick Kyrgios, or whether it's ball tampering or, in this case, alleged pitch doctoring, but with this, people will come for it, David. And you're right. It's the spice of the series. Of course, it will only enhance
3: it. That's why we're, we're here to make comment. And the, great, the good thing, great thing, good thing, about what the Aussies are doing, they're not entering into it. They're mm. staying within their little um, huddle and they're preparing for the test match to play under whatever conditions they are presented with, which is wonderful. Let us do the debating. Let us do the scaremongering. Let us, you know, uh, cast dispersions. Um, have our say, but within that bubble representing Australia, they're going out to win a test match.
2: Just one more call before we uh, take the news. Tommy's in Turret and uh, Tommy, welcome.
3: Good morning, boys. How
5: are we going? We're well. That's right, uh, just a couple of points. First point, Scoob, as you you know, you want to see the ICC and all that, it's run by Indians anyway, so they're all probably going to sit there and just have a laugh about it. Second point is that um, with his pitch and obviously doctoring and, and all this sort of stuff, like the Aussies are probably just sitting around and going, righto, let's, let's win this. Could you imagine if we actually won this after they're doing all this sort of stuff and we actually won that first test? If we win this first test after what they're doing, that's just going to soar our spirits within the team and India could, could potentially be a wreck for the rest of the series. So if we go out and at least like draw this test, it will have a psychological effect, positive for us and negative for
2: them. Tommy, we'll flick you the Signa Boost Power Bank, fifty nine ninety five. It's worth. Signa Boost Power Bank keeps your phone, tablet, earbuds powered twenty four seven. They are magnificent. Uh, yeah, David's texting from Newport Scuba. The suggestion that India have engaged in anything untoward in the preparation of the Nagpur wicket is outrageous and offensive. The Indian Board of Control is meeting as we speak to decide on an appropriate sanction to impose on the ICC. Don't be surprised. I thought he was serious until I read. Don't be surprised if it involves a substantial fine or even suspension. I don't mind it, David. Magnificent. Let's talk Todd Murphy on the other side of this. His parents, Jamie and Mum Paula, we think, have flown over. Family members as well for what be, uh, what would be magnificent if he was piloted into the side. Scooby spoke about that yesterday. Peter Hanscom also in the mix there as well. Um, given the the need to replace Cameron Green in the lineup, also what sort of bowling lineup are they going to take in? So there's plenty of time to talk about selection on the other side of that. Pat Cummins said the selectors have picked the side, but he's just going to keep his powder dry in terms of naming it for now. So let's take the news headlines with Anna Pavlo, shall we? And we'll be back on the other side of it. The SEM Breakfast Summer. Style uh, Show is brought to you by Kogan. Money, credit card, packed full of value. John Buchanan still to come. Mick Lovett as well from the AFL record. Graham Hosier, the president of Coral Rather Glenn Questions without notice and your involvement as well after this. Yes, indeed, you will. Only a matter of hours away before uh, we take you to India. 2.30, our coverage starts of the first test between Australia and India in Nagpur. And it has been, Simon, you have to go back to the 1988 tour of Pakistan to find the last time Australia opted for two right-arm off spinners in their bowling lineup, that was your mate Tim May and Peter Taylor. But we might be able to go back to go back to the future mm. with Nathan Lyon and uh, the f- rapidly emerging Victorian Todd Murphy. You'll
3: do, you'll do. Tell
2: us about, tell us a bit more about him. So he's, it's been a whirlwind start to his first-class uh, career. Twenty-nine wickets. Uh, at 25 in seven matches. Three for 44, he started with. Four for 42, his most recent Shield game against New South Wales in December. For those who haven't seen a lot of him, you spoke about him earlier yesterday. Flight, fast through the air. Totally different shape to line.
3: Correct. Totally different shape. Far less loop. Uh, a lot more pace. I reckon there might be between five and 10 kilometres difference in pace. Yeah, right. And when you come to you know, that natural variation that people talk about on on pick, wickets that start to wear and maybe dry, you know, with that extra five or ten kilometres an hour, and still being able to spin the ball um, and get the ball just to you know slide a little bit with arm balls etc. Uh, yeah, young Todd's going to cause a, a you know a good bit of havoc over there, and I think because of those differences, you know, it, it, they're not apples and apples. You know, it's an apple and an orange. They're two. Off spin bowlers, but they are very, their dynamic is very different.
2: Goggles, they call him down at St Kilda. Yeah. yeah you know, well, where's the specs? He's uh,
3: got
2: the glass. Uh, He does, <laughs> he wears the specs. So a lot of the Scuttlebutt around selection yesterday had Peter Hanscom, you know, right in the mix after what, a four year absence i think so uh, ashton agar started at the scg matt renshaw as well probably in a bit of froth and bubble in terms of their spot in the side scotty boland almost certain to come in for josh Hazelwood. so with todd murphy there could be as many as three changes in this uh, 11 um let's go to sammy Aspendale, who wanted to to weigh in on the selection for the aussie team uh this afternoon our time as well g'day samuel
4: yeah g'day I, we've got a history of just not being bold enough i reckon Cam Green, he can't bowl, but I reckon bat him, play him anyway because he's a right-hander. And, look, now is probably, I mean, we're very polite around David Warner and his retirement. Now probably the time to replace him with Hanscom. They might have almost done us a favour here and we bat the right-handers.
2: Sammy says, be bold, be aggressive, Scoop. Just uh, cut Warner here and and, um, and play Cam Green in front of, would you play Cam Green ahead of uh, Hanscom
3: if he can't bowl? Uh, interesting question. I think they would. They would play green in front of Hensken. You know, I think we're being bold with a with a Todd Murphy selection. It's bold. Mm. You know that that, that is bold. It's interesting to see now. You know how many spinners we do play, and and it's becoming a a, a, um, a trait of Pat Cummins' captaincy is that you know it lets nothing out from a team point of view until the toss. He just keeps it that way. Likes yeah. likes to do it that way. Yeah. So they can, you know, if there is a a late swing, a late change, they need to make, they can do it without too much controversy and discussion. So uh, yeah. we we won't know that Australian lineup obviously until until we um, uh, until they get to the toss. So you know, we can speculate all we want. I, I do think. I think Murphy's there. I've ticked that box. You
2: have. He's you playing. did it. You did it twenty four hours ago. And he, So is he made of the? I mean, the one concern around it was this is no country for 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 debutants. That this is a place where you don't want to drop them into the deep end um, in an environment as hostile against specialist uh, batsman of spin as India. I know that was Casper's thought and we were going to get him on yesterday and you two were going to have a Barney. Sadly, that didn't work out. But Pat Cummins did say he's been bowling beautifully in the nets over there. He started really well for Victorian first-class cricket, Pat said. And if he did get the nod, um, Cummins said, he's got Nathan Lyon down the other end that, that we think it, it can work. So... I don't know the man intimately at all, but uh, assuming nothing,
3: fate not much phases him. I've oh, got to be made of. We're about to find out if yeah. much phases him because it, it, it is. It, it's been quite a, a, a rise to to get to Test match cricket, but I, I, I'm lucky enough I can go back a fair way with the family. And we've had a couple of texts coming in that um, you know, Simon Todd Murphy is the grandson of Denny mm. Hardman Ray Murphy. Now Ray yeah. Murphy coached the Denny Footy Club for a long time. My dad was president. They had a, a wonderful era. They won lots of premierships and and and. Um, Ray was a hard man. I played cricket with Jamie, he played um, a lot of district cricket at St. Kilda, um, Brought up in Mathoura. I think they now live in in Moama. Um, Riverina boys. Uh, really um, uh, loving sporting family. They love their sport and they love playing it you know hard and and uh, and to get the best out of themselves so. You know, he would have had plenty of preparation, particularly from his dad and his grandfather.
2: Uh, keep the text coming in on the 40 Wings temper. We'll park them as the morning unfolds. You can get your unique bed match profile. They find the right bed for you as well each and every time. 40 Wings, serious about sleep. Turn if, call So to If the you were making
3: a debut, where would you want to make it?
2: Well, that's true, isn't it? That's a good That's a, well, it's a good question, isn't it? But maybe here.
3: Yeah. Of if you, you glass
2: are full, you go on there, aren't you? Saying, well, this is a spinner's paradise. Do. This is my time to shine. Yeah. I'll show you what I'm not, made not of. Not
3: at the Gabber on... Uh, uh, Pitch that's not going to spin. Give me one that's going to do a bit. AFL natural variation.
2: The AFL no season guide is an absolute bible. It's on the shelves today, and the father of it is Mick Lovett. Uh, has been for a long time. Mick's going to join us after this.
1: Summer breakfast. Forget December
2: twenty-five. If you're a footy lover, today is Christmas, and around this time each and every year, when the season guide hits the shelves, it's an absolute bible. The amount of information in this baby Scoob is something to behold, and a power of work, understandably. The goes New into Miller's
3: it. Guide.
2: It's unbelievable. Oh, it's, it's every bit of that and more. And the father of it, of course, is the editor Mick Lovett, and he's with us, Mick.
0: Uh Sammy Simon, nice Mick. to be here.
2: You feel relieved when you see this? I see, do, this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I see a, you.
0: It, I get. Uh, Asked, uh, once the season finishes in uh, September, you know, you get your mates, oh, what are you doing in the season? You blokes just must be in the pub all day. Yep. Uh, and what we're doing in um, October, November, a uh, bit of December, then we have a break and then we, we came back uh, early January and finished this off. So uh, it's 1,236 pages of wow. uh, oh, amazing. lots of statistical love.
2: And I see you in those months and I'm a bit stressed <laughs> about trade period as we sort of cross paths in the lift and you're just as stressed as me because you're, you're getting into the twos and fros of this. Now... And the other thing is, as well as the size of it, is the font has it, it, gotten smaller over time. The pages are getting um, a nice sort of quality page, but thinner as well. So you're cramming so much information oh, in there. Um,
0: maybe saving on some uh, printing costs. And, <laughs> <that>. <laughs>
2: and Scoob, how good does it look on oh, the font no. in oh, navy yeah. blue?
3: How does that uh, – this is a little bit off topic, yeah. but we have Patrick Cripps on the front of the 2023 oh, edition oh, of no, the author no, record. This is going to cause some controversy. Why? He well, who be... chooses that?
0: <laughs> well, um, it has been tradition since, if tradition has been since 1998, I think, when Robert Harvey won his second Brownlow. I think that's when we started. Or it might have been Croft. Can't remember. Anyway, Croft was on the front. Yeah, so so that would have been So it would have been the 2000 um, uh, season guide. And um, my boss, Jeff Slatter, at the time, I think we used to run either the previous year's premiers. The very first one in 1996, we had a photo of a player's leg. Now, they talk about a bit, you know, arty, sort of uh, crafty, mm. or something that rhymes with that. And um, and that player's leg actually belongs to a player who is long retired, um, frequents this building, played for two clubs that wore blue and white, and might dabble in a bit of player management and uh, yes. other areas. So, yes, yes it was Pickers League. So, no, well, I think it is wrong if uh, you really want to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we, we decided that we would honour the Brownlow medalist um, from um, 1999 onwards. Right. And it, it's just it's probably easier in terms of a, a single player image. And Sam, being an old newspaper man, you'd appreciate this than a bunch of blokes uh, jumping on top of each other. Um, after a green fight. Yeah. But there's plenty... Of, don't worry, Cats fans. There's plenty of uh, oh, photos of... Uh, <laughs> don't worry, Cats fans.
2: Well, uh, being the big cat that you are, yeah. Mick, and um, look, Colin Carter said plenty to say of the off-season <laughs> as well, mind you. That hasn't infiltrated the season guide, but if there was every year, ever a year to go back to the Premier on the front, it was probably this <laughs> I one. don't
0: worry. I did, uh, it did uh, cross my mind, but I thought uh, that's probably... Too much of a uh, a personal interest there.
2: In, in all seriousness, so it's thirty nine ninety five. It's um a, a tremendous value. It's on shelves today, right across uh, right across the the country. Uh, there is so much information. In this I, I can't get my head around the amount of work that go that goes into it, Mick. It it is a huge body of work. Is there a single thing that's not in here? I mean, I've never f- gone to look for something and haven't found it. And are you? Increasing it all the time, you're putting new stuff in all the time.
0: Um, we are, but we're starting to get limited by the amount of pages. We, we're almost at capacity because, um, in, in printing terms, you, once you get beyond about uh, the, the 1200 odd pages, it just gets too big and, uh, and too difficult to print. So, and each year we're adding um, lots of pages because of the draft. Um, So, maybe one year we might have to uh, split it up and do a a draft season guide and then another season Mm. guide that that might appeal to our commercial people here too.
2: Now, am I right in saying that our man here features in here somewhere, Simon or If you go to page
0: 1194. 1194. Yeah, this is not wisdom, uh, Simon. This is uh, the Bible. (laughs) How insulting. Yeah, so go to 1194, quick, have a look. Okay. Um, And. um, and there's under the heading AFL identities, I, I love that word identities, who have excelled in other sports. And we've got um, Olympians. There you are. Various sports. We've got, um, hang on just one sec, Sammy. We've got um, players who played NFL and we've got um, Aaron Sipos, so he's, uh, he's in there. Stall gift winners. And of course, test cricketers who've played AFL. And the great man who sits across oh, wow. me uh, is one of 17, if I did my maths correctly before I came on. And um, listed there, uh, 24 games, 18 goals, and um, wow, six, six tests. We've even got your, your batting average, uh, your bowling average. Uh, not much there on the one-day department, but um, anyway. So you're there amongst uh, football royalty. Oh,
3: Keith Miller, Laurie Nash, yeah, yeah. Have Ted McDonald, Sam Loxton. Wow, we great. What about the Olympics? Maxie
0: Walker.
2: Tangles, Tangles? is there? yeah. So, Mick, I mean, for those who have been living under a rock, and it's impossible to think, but they wouldn't know what's in it. It goes through club by club. Every player who plays the game's got a bio as well on here. All the lists, all the historical records, all the miscellaneous everything, all the grand finals, and, and a lot of them have got write-ups on what transpired, and they got the team lineups, the stats. It, it's endless. But what are the key features and pages? I mean, what are the parts of this that you're most proud of, that you come back to?
0: Um, probably the club sections, because I think that's where most people, we've all got... Club interest at heart, so you go there and you look at even just little things like who was president of um, uh, uh, Geelong when they won the, the two thousand and seven premiership. Well, it was obviously uh, Frank Costa. But
2: I go to that all the time. The yeah, leadership yeah. table,
0: yeah, the yeah, and and you can see even it'll have the uh, the leading goal kicker of the year and what percentage of goals they kick for the team um so you'll know who's uh, who's had a good year the the draft section i was just saying um to Joel before that the, the, the <laughs> you can go there and have a look at the 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 draft uh, hits and misses and um uh, inevitably i'm drawn to the 2004 uh, national <laughs> draft when richmond uh, <laughs> missed out on buddy but yeah. uh but uh, and i think a few drafts before that they might have missed out on pav but uh look uh, it, it's I, I just enjoy the whole body of work. It's You, you bounce around, um, you, you know, you, you're going from one from the club section to the draft section to goals, finals. Um. Even the goal section, one of the ones I love, players have kicked a goal with their first kick, and it's only 310. And you, quite often you might sidle up to a bloke who says, oh, I kicked a goal uh, with my first kick in AFL footy. Well... Ooh, it's listed go on, check there, on it. yeah. Oh. yeah. And, and
2: there's got to be a deadline, regardless. I mean, you have to have a deadline at some yeah. point. So with the preseason supplemental oh, yeah. selection, that'll be the, the yeah. They that, that, keep that, you awake at night.
0: Yeah, that throws us out a bit. Uh, because that uh, I think closes next Wednesday. So unfortunately, um, we're not going to get and there's. Few clubs have, have still got uh, selections available, so yep. so we won't get those in. Um, they will be in the footy record once the season's up and running in on March 16. But we, we've just got to have a cut off in late January when we go to print.
2: And it's incredible with all these amount of pages on and all this information. Very rarely a mistake in there. The proofreading.
0: Oh uh, well, I'll give a good uh, a shout out to my mate Gary Hancock. Uh, he uh, he does a super job, and Cole Hutchison with the and, and Swamp with the, uh, the yep. stats. Um, and then uh, we've got a production team there that put it all together. So,
2: so as I mentioned, Mick, thirty nine ninety five. where can people get it if they're listening to uh,
0: News Agents Bookstores, uh, that's nationally today, so uh, go and uh, have a look. And, of course, as we mentioned, Patrick Cripps on the front. Jeez, cover. it looks good in blue. <laughs>
2: what a photo of the great man, Scoop.
3: As long as you had nothing to do with it, that's what I was getting at before. Me? I'm happy that the Brownlow Medalist is on there. What club he comes from is right. obviously showcased, but when you looked and saw Cripps on the front, I thought, no, oh, you've a, had any influence? I, I on thought this.
0: you might have been alluding to the fact that maybe Lockie Neil should have been there, oh. given he was possibly uh, oh.
2: settled our Mick. Let's not get political with the tribunal. <laughs> so stage going to stage.
3: page two ninety five, which is interesting reading.
2: Plenty. Or well, you can tell me about that after this break because we need to get Mick on his way. Uh, we need to get to an ad break. Uh, Mick, well done, great amount of work. Now you can relax a bit. Thank you, fellas. Mick Lovett there uh, from well done, the Mick. AFL record, the AFL season I guide. He is... used to write cricket, you know. Uh, did he? Yeah, knows yeah, yeah. his stuff. AFL season guide, thirty nine ninety five. <laughs> Absolute bible. Get yourself uh, a copy. We'll be back after this.
1: Summer breakfast. Bit of breaking news uh, the
2: concerns a young Australian sportsman. The World Surf League on at the moment in a Pipeline, and Jack Robinson of uh, from Margaret River, mid twenties, I reckon, twenty five years of age, has just taken out John John Flores to uh, make it to the semi-finals over there in uh, Pipeline. So that is a big, big result for uh, Jackie Robinson and a uh, Margaret River in WA scoop. So uh, we wish him, we wish him well. He was on the show about a fortnight yeah, I ago, two I weeks
1: ago.
2: So we wish him well. Uh, Steve and a number of others haven't forgotten that, uh, obviously, you pulled on uh, the famous um, um, white, red and black at the Saints. And he says, Scoob, you've got some hide talking about pitch doctoring. What about your Saints at Marabins? Sprinklers on a Friday night before a home game, turn the centre square into a quagmire. And you've got no defence for that either. Oh, mate,
3: there's poor plumbing.
2: (laughs) Is that why the showers are always cold?
3: No, that was deliberate. Oh, okay. used to turn the hot water service off on Saturday morning, so... Visitors had cold showers, but yeah, we could never get that drainage right underneath the pitches there, and there was always a leak. I don't, you know, forever we were digging it up and trying to trying to source it, and you know, I think the piping was was you know just just not satisfactory.
2: Ben Langwarren, don't sleep on Labuschagne's leggies. He says has the ability to turn the ball, particularly outside uh, leg and tie down batsmen. Could be an asset on a doctored pitch. Plenty of part time spin in the team should the overs drag on.
3: I reckon if Barat was in the stands at Moorabbin. He may have got a photo of Ian Stewart on a Friday night with a hose in the middle of the ground.
2: I just hope Barat didn't take those photos before they'd finished preparing the wicket. Like, what if they just take the covers off today and it's absolutely perfect? Hope he didn't go too early. Hey, John Buchanan's
1: up next. Summer Breakfast. Well, Australia
2: has won one test series in India in 44 years. And our next guest helped orchestrate it. Simon John Buchanan coached the Australian cricket team from 99 to 07. And he remains the last successful coach to tour India after that 2004 triumph. He's coached in the IPL. He's a member of the Queensland Sport Hall of Fame. And he joins us on the line. Good morning, John. Welcome.
7: Good morning, gents. How are you?
2: We're very well. We're very well. We're, we're eager to uh, to tap into your mind of what you might have made of... Uh, what's been a, a volatile build-up to today's first test?
7: Yes, yeah, so it's probably been less than ideal for the Aussie boys, with um, obviously carrying a couple of injuries going to India, and they're uh, hoping, I guess, uh, Green might have come through uh, for the first test, and then, of course, Hazelwood on top of that. So that that's probably... Um, unintended here throwing things into a spin uh, in uh, in India for them because I think their their main game plan now might have to be adjusted a little bit and um, just listening to an interview of Collins there before it does seem like they're very keen to play a second off spinner um, in Murphy so th- that will be interesting to see what sort of game plan they now uh, put together to, uh, to take on India in that first test.
2: John, you're very familiar with that part of the world and the cricket that's played in it and the conditions that it's played in. I mean, regardless of what 11 ultimately take to the field over there, what, what do you say to those who claim that, you know, there's never been a more obvious example of a doctored deck than, than this one in Nagpur?
7: <laughs> oh, look, I, I'm sure when teams visit Australia and they, um, they come to the Gabba first up, they probably say exactly the same thing, except it's in reverse. It's a green top and it bounces and it, and it moves around, you know. So, um, look, curators around the world are uh, uh, renowned for, uh, you know, producing wickets that uh, only they can they can do in their own conditions. Um, and I think, you know, if, if, if we talk about um, sides, um, you know, being able to adapt, adjust, then that's what touring sides have got to do these days. They face a whole range of conditions that are foreign to their home soils. But if they're going to be regarded as a, as a very good team or even a great team, um, you know you have to be able to adjust to whatever conditions are placed in front of you. Um, and certainly, when we look at that Australian side, you mentioned the IPL there before, most of the, most of the players have certainly been in India, albeit uh, mainly in T20 maybe with IPL and on wickets that are not necessarily produced for four-day or five-day cricket, but are produced for T20s. Um, and it is a time of the year, though. You know, we're now February, March, and uh, when we went there in 2004, that was October, October, November. So October is, is a period of time, obviously, coming out of the monsoons, and, and everything's a bit greener and a bit lusher, and the wickets aren't worn. They're not subjected to the, the constant play and the constant heat of India, whereas this time of the year... Uh, that's what you're going to face, irrespective of what people might make of, you know, particular conditions and curators, that's what you're definitely going to face throughout India.
3: John, the the challenges uh, you face off-field in India, we, we often talk about the ones on-field. In your time there with with Australian teams, what were the things you found hardest off-field to cope with compared to home? Yeah, you're right, Simon.
7: Um, my first tour was 2001 with uh, Stephen Moore's, uh Last Frontier Tour, and, you know, it was an. I ex- uh, sort of say to people, uh, you know, you experienced India pretty well from Singapore on the plane to you uh, landed in, in India because uh, there was a lot of expat Indians that, that would jump on the plane in Singapore, and no matter what the, uh, the airline series were trying to do, we'd have a queue of people up the aisle, queue of Indian people up the aisle, you know, just one person after the other asking for a photo, asking for an autograph. And, and then, you know, once you land and you open the, you know, entree into the airport, India just confronts you straight away. Every sense, you know, is confronted and it can be an overwhelming place. So um, I think it, it's a bit like swimming in the ocean, you know. If you try to swim against the tide of the rip, well, every likelihood you're going to drown. But if you actually swim with the rip and the tide, you can you can navigate your way through, and you you'll you'll swim with it. Eventually, you get tired, and that's what happens in India. You can you you got to go with it. You have got to go with the flow. You got to go with how India operates. You got to go with their passion. You got to go with their their uh, constancy uh, about being in your space and being in your face. You know, it's just the way they do do things over there. It's their culture, um, and try to fight it, you. You know, it, it just overwhelms you. In the end, it will overwhelm you anyway. But you got it. You got to go with it, and uh, that's the best way to to, uh, to work off the field. And if you can do that off the field, it certainly helps you on the field.
2: And John, would you suspect that's why, like Pat Cummins speaking yesterday, just hasn't bought into this pitch debate at all? Just to just to let other people have that debate and that conversation, and make the big claims, and just keep a lower profile as possible.
7: Oh, I think so. I mean. Um, you know there is absolutely no sense, I don't think in in uh, criticising a, a pitch, a set of conditions, whatever you're fronted with, because irrespective, that's what you've got, and that's what you need to be able to deal with. Um, and yeah, like like every uh, country around the world, if you choose to antagonize the locals, you you'll find when you get out in the centre, that it can become a very, very lonely place. Uh, So, again, as I was saying there before, you've got to try to swim with things, you've got to go with things, you've got to roll with the punches, as they say, um, and minimise the the amount of distractions that can impact upon uh, the way the the dressing room wants to operate, the way that uh, individuals feel about uh, India and their game and so on, and and just get on with what they do best, and that's, that's playing
3: their best brand of cricket. I remember back in the 80s, John, when we went over to India, we had a, a slogan that went on the bus with us, went everywhere with us to our team room. To lose patience was to lose the battle. I really think it helped a lot of the guys get through difficult di- conditions. And this isn't having a, 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 um, a go at Indians and their lifestyle. It, it's a completely different culture, a completely different lifestyle that, that is challenging in all aspects.
7: Yeah, you're 100% right, uh, Simon. That, that's exactly right. So that's what I'm. I guess I'm saying that if you try to fight it, um, you know, you'll be overwhelmed um, uh, very, very quickly. And and again, as you say, it, it, it's no criticism of Indian culture. It, it's you know, Indian cultures will find coming to Australia or going to New Zealand uh, confronting in different ways themselves. You know, so it is about trying to understand what that culture is, the way that people operate. Um, try to blend in and and absorb and enjoy that uh, as much as you possibly can. Um, And and then that then frees up, you know, the way that you go about your preparations, the way that you feel about yourself, the way that you get into a game and get through a game, get off that game and and move on to the next, you know. So, um, yeah, good saying and and hopefully the Australians are carrying that as they are now. And uh, as you said there before, Pat Cummins, I think, is very much uh, an epitome of that.
2: Speaking of former Australian cricket coach John Buchanan, John, can you take us back to that, uh, that 04 tour? You know, Adam Gilchrist, the captain, of course, we, we saw the future Australian test captain in, uh, in Michael Clarke make his test tabo in the first match. I think he scored 150 odd. Then he took famously the six for nine in the fourth match of the series as well. A glutter runs for Damian Martin, the wickets for Jason Gillespie. I mean, how momentous was the occasion back in 2004?
7: Look, it was. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it was certainly from my point of view and I think uh, from a number of players' point of view it was It was born out of 2001. As I said, I hadn't been to India and, and um, as we've just been talking about uh, there's lots of things to learn about how you actually find your way around India and through India and then play cricket in India and so I certainly learned a lot about how batsmen should bat. I learned a lot about um, how Indians bat. I learned a lot about the type of bowling and how to play spin bowling uh, just by talking to experts over there, and you know the likes of Beatty and Prasanna and Chandrasekhar and Venkat—they were all around, and uh, it, it was a—and then you had the opportunity to watch you know Tendulkar and Laxman and Ganguly and a whole range of them and Drava go about their job. You know, so a lot of that went into the, the thinking and the planning for 2004, and I I think you know, we had a very, very good plan about how we wanted to restrict Indian batsmen and how we could get them out. And at the same stage, um, batsmen had, you know, definitely worked out their own sort of game plans in terms of how they would confront the spin bowling of India. Nonetheless, in that 2004, you know, Harbison, I think, ended up taking 26 wickets in the series and and, uh, Kumbay took 27. You know, they took, Uh, something like 62 out of the 75 wickets, but on most occasions, in most innings, while they were taking wickets, they weren't taking them in a rush. Maybe the tail (laughs) got knocked over quickly, but they weren't taking them in a rush, and therefore our our front end was really working well. You know, the partnership of Hayden and Lang always generally got us off to a good start. Simon Cattage had come in to replace Ponting, who was injured for the first three tests, and he put together a couple of really crucial innings for us, one in that first test and I think another one in the, in the third test. Uh, and as you mentioned, Michael Clark came in, made his debut, 150. Uh, Gilly, 100 in that first innings with, with uh, Clark. And I think, again, Gilly, I, I've said it a number of times, I, I, I do think he was a, a, just a pivotal part of our success simply because we had the game plan and we stuck to it. And, and he was instrumental in making sure that on field uh, that's what happened. We didn't deviate um, and, and just stuck with what we thought was going to work, and and, and gradually uh, that came through for us, first test and then the second to our third test.
3: Batting, John, under those different conditions uh, in India and bowling, for that matter, it's been interesting. The last couple of days on Fox Sports in the studio here, they've been showing us some highlights of that test series um, uh, back in the early 2000s, and it's been brilliant watching it, but conditions are so different to what, the Aussies have been brought up in. I know that they play in all different parts of the world, but India is unique from a bowling and batting perspective.
7: Yes, it is. Um, and, you know, as I was just saying before, I think when you look through that Australian lineup, there's a lot of them now that, that have played in India, albeit. Nonetheless, even in the short game in India, that you know, the wickets are, are lower and slower and, and there's such a variety of spin bowlers and, and the way that their medium paces you know, either use angles or change grips or whatever they need to do to uh, utilise the conditions. So I think there is a better familiarity, an increased familiarity of, of a, that Australian team with Indian conditions um, coming into this series, which is obviously of benefit. Um, And also, I think, added to that, the the amount of data and information, as you say, the vision that's available to uh, teams these days to put together really detailed sort of plans on on players and and the way a team might... uh, put together its own strategy, an Indian team might put together its own strategy. I, I think that's all gone, obviously, into the mix. Andrew McDonald and Pat Cummins, the leadership team, and everybody associated with the team will have gone through that very, very extensively. And so I, I think they will have fashioned out exactly the way they want to play, All better, as we just said at the outset, you know, the, the couple of injuries and the Hazelwood injury um, may have turned that into a, a a little bit of a quandary for them. But... Nonetheless, I would have thought now that maybe their first option isn't available to them, they they definitely have a second option. So I I think they'll be well planned, they'll be well prepared. Um, It's now, just like any game, it's now how do I take my set of skills and adapt those, adjust those to what the conditions are going to throw at me from ball one and right through the course of the game, you know, so... That's that's how sports play. Sport is no matter what the sport is, every player, no matter how good your game plans are, never really follows the plan. And what you've got to do then is, obviously, as you know, I and mean, everybody generally knows it. You, you, the ones that come out on top are the ones that can adapt it um, more quickly than than um, maybe your
3: opposition. Well, you talk about adapting, John. No, there's been plenty of talk about young Todd Murphy coming into this Australian eleven. For this first test match in Nagpur. How has he got to adapt? And can you give us some sort of idea in your time about how players around him, players within that team, help a new player adapt as they come in to make a test to boot? Yeah,
7: so again, just listening to an interview of Pat Cummins. Um with Murphy and I don't know too much about him and I imagine a lot of people don't know too much about him. He's, he's only played, I think, a few first-class games. Um, but as said, he said, he's got uh, Nathan Lyon there by his side and um, as a as, as a spin bowler and a person who's certainly uh, a wealth of experience in terms of different conditions and and different players from around the world. But beyond that, you know, it's I think a, a pretty senior group um, you know, from the, the Collardians and the Warners and the Smiths and the, and so on and the bowling group, so I think generally what happens is those new players in, firstly, one of their advantages is they're generally not um, scarred by, by any previous experiences, So so youth brings an incredible amount of Enthusiasm and and uh
2: Well, John, we can't wait for it. I think I'll speak for everyone here at SEN. And uh, we, we it couldn't have been hyped up anymore. Uh, great to have your insights uh, this morning on it all. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh,
7: my pleasure, James. Thank you very
2: much. There's John Buchanan there, former Australian uh, coach joining us, uh, Scoob. Um, been there, done that, won there in 2004. And, yeah, fascinating listening on as you tapped into there, the, just the, the changes on the field, off the field, um, the cultural Differences that uh, that hit you even before you, you even land there on the mm-hmm. plane from Singapore, which which would be an adjustment having a, a full aisle of uh, autograph hunters and.
3: It's a fantastic place. It's a brilliant place to go to visit to play sport in. I'd love the to watch the The passion of the people there. is yeah. extraordinary, and and they'd be to be commended for that. They love their cricket. Absolutely adore their cricket.
2: Very measured, though, isn't he? He didn't, he didn't buy into the the pitch tampering or doctoring at all. So he tried um, to get into buying,
3: didn't
2: you? Of course, of uh, course, we did. As a former ready, coach, I'd be really interested in what he had to say on it. But uh, in the end, um, we've he, into he, it. what's that? Sorry, we've bought into you it. You've bought into it. I've bought into it. We've all bought into <laughs> it. And it's it's Barat's fault. He started it all over there in the press <laughs> box over there in Nagpur. But uh, but John's mood is exactly that of the Australian cricket team at the moment, and 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 that might be the best way to go about it. Uh, we'll park that for now. It's time to get into this
1: summer breakfast questions without notice for wd-40
2: register online for the repair challenge 2023 for a share in over 15
6: grand in prizes you've got the nerve to ask me a question <laughs> i've
2: got a, couple. Thanks, <laughs> Bevo. got a couple of questions without notice for you scoop just before we get to those pete's been waiting patiently on the line lo- well i think patiently i haven't spoken to him. i'm assuming he's very patient I hope so, anyway. He's in Paran. He wants to talk about John Buchanan. Morning to you, Pete.
4: Thank you so much, Sam. First, I've got to say, um, you two have become a real power couple in the world
8: of broadcasting. I've, I've got to say that.
4: That makes
2: it... Uh, in, uh, a, 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 that's wrong, Pete, and it makes it sound like we're married, which, I, which I'm which i not particularly a fan of. I mean, not that I'm... Don't look at me like that, Simon. But thank you, Pete. I'll take your compliment. I really appreciate it. You nasty little ant. (laughs) We might be married. Uh, Pete, uh, what did you want to say about Johnny Buchanan?
4: Yes, I loved the interview. And I was just going to say, though, I did notice John has obviously subscribed to the Gary Ayres School of Interviewing with his reference to the Smiths, the Lions, (laughs) the Cummings... The sergeant's yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> good observation, Pete. Because you got your garmets and your lip tacks <laughs> and your roshutos, and spot on. Um, I've got a question that notice That's for very you. Good. What has a bigger effect on a test match: pitch manipulation or ball manipulation? Pitch more than more than ball doctor, uh, ball tampering. Yeah. Why do you say that, then?
3: Well, because uh, the ball's got to bounce on the pitch.
2: Mm-hmm. If so so it's been pitch sand is substandard,
3: yeah. Um I, I think that, that that adds to what you know the ball can do.
2: I've got one more for you, because we don't have a lot of time sadly for questions of that notice today. What on earth happened to our Aussie women? Uh, world Cup Cup Walmart match over there in South Africa. The they lost to Ireland. Yeah. Ireland didn't qualify for the last World Cup, just so we're clear. They're ranked tenth in the world. They are a minnow in every sense. And here are our Aussies, that won three of the last four, raging red-hot, white-hot World Cup favourites, haven't lost since Adam was a boy, and they've been rolled by Ireland. Mm. Just, a,
3: just a little warm-up match?
2: No, in a key World Cup warm-up match.
3: Oh, uh, key World Cup warm match, was it? So the one we beat India two days ago wasn't key?
2: No, that was key too, they're all key. So Healy, McGrath, Perry, they all shone with the bat, uh, but they only posted... Hundred and sixty-eight, I think. So Irish got there with two balls remaining.
3: Good girl, well done, to the Irish. Good luck to them. What does it mean
2: for our girls? Should no, we it be means concerned? Nothing. It means nothing.
3: Absolutely zero. Okay. I don't oh. think they'll don't think they'll be scarred by it. They'll be looking forward to game one of the proper series. Mark. My-
2: I hope you're right, Margaret from Sunbury's uh, Just called in to say well done to you for your performance on uh, Summer Breakfast. So uh, a lot of uh, a lot of well wishes for the great Simon. Still O'Donnell. got
3: Monday to go. We? we do. not you want me to come in? We Monday?
2: do. We do have Monday to go. We've gone early. Well, I don't think we have, but uh, it's not our last day. Now we'll be back on Super Bowl Monday, and then Gary and Tim back in the chair from Tuesday. Normal service resuming then. You can still get involved on the Temper 40 Wings text. They are the consumer's choice winners. Temper mattresses, pillows, adjustable bases, conforming to the exact shape of your body. We'll take the news headlines. On the other side of that, we've got uh, plenty more still to get to on uh, summer breakfast. We need to go back to local footy club land to have a chat to Graham Hosier, who's the Corowa Rutherglen president. Shut, Shut up, him, Simon. You man. peanut.
3: Stiff jetty.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, boo from Rise Text in. It was the loss that our girls had to have, uh, he says. A uh, massive night in the NBL as well. The playing matches will be watching the South East Melbourne Phoenix and the Perth Wildcats very, very closely tip off at that one, 6.30. And then now uh, the Kent's Tiepans against the Tassie Jack Jumpers. That one follows on at 8.30 Eastern. Now, Barat Sunderayson doing some fine work over there in uh, in Nagpur when he's not um, causing, setting oh, the cricket world on fire with his, winter, with, his, uh, with his pitch reports that will make uh, Tony Gregg blush. He's been doing some great work behind the scenes interviewing our cricketers and he sat down overnight with the captain Pat Cummins it's a lengthy chat but we've sampled up the best parts of it we think so it's Bharat Sundarason sitting down with the Australian cricket captain Pat Cummins as we count down to the first ball of the first test later on this afternoon.
8: Patrick Cummins thanks for speaking to us uh, India tour, something that every Australian looks forward to, uh, just being captain for the first time, uh, has it sunk it?
6: Uh, yeah probably n- not really, uh, Yeah, I haven't really thought about it to be honest, um, uh, we're, we're so excited, um, you know it was kind of five years ago the last time we travelled here, six years ago for a test tour so it, it's great to be back, it's, um, yeah we're all up for it.
8: And, and a very different Pat Cummins to six years ago, you were making a comeback to test for kit back then, now we have the responsibility of uh, captaining the side and, and also at the time, a time a lot of guys in this team are hungry, it will be their last test tour to India.
6: Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I flew over late last time, playing my second test match, kind of not knowing what to expect. So, uh, yeah, excited to be here and, um, you know, in amongst a lot of experience. Um, so, yeah, it's as you said, you know, some of the older guys have been here three or four times. But, yeah, this might be the last time. So, yeah, we feel really well placed to, to have a good crack at it. And,
8: and just look, there's always talk of conditions and spin and, and the, the talent on the Indian side but it's beyond that, right? Winning in India means you have to embrace the chaos and expression you've used quite a bit and, and just in embracing the challenge overall.
6: That's it, you got to you you know, got to be up for it. The conditions are going to be different to what you get at home. Um, you, you've got to just embrace every part of it. Um, I think all those different challenges are what make it really tough, you know? It's not just the wicket, so um, yeah. There's not going to be any surprise for this group. We've all played here before a lot. Um, most of the groups played test cricket in these kind of conditions where they're going to spin so uh, we're ready for it can't wait
8: uh, and just the preparatory camp in uh, Bangalore it was a conscious effort to just have some control over the conditions that you had uh, what did you take of that and even in terms of just a team coming together
6: uh, yeah just good volume I think more than anything else even for us tail enders just facing lots and lots of overs um, you know from, from good quality spin bowling on wickets um, even you know, it takes a couple of days to get over a flight. So, uh, yeah, really good prep, very relaxed. And then once we got to here in Nagpur, you feel like most of the work's been done, and we can just kind of freshen up and focus on the game.
8: There will be a lot of talk of pitches, uh, especially in Nagpur. Uh, it already has begun. Uh, can, do you shut it out, or do you embrace even that as part of being the challenge?
6: Oh yeah, you got to embrace it. Um, you know, absolutely. I know someone like his, you know Smithy. He loves batting on these wickets. It's it's you got a problem solve on the fly a great challenge, so um, no, we're, we're up for it. Even as a fast bowler, you've got to think differently. That, that's good fun. You don't want the same wicket every single week.
2: There you go, Bharat Ocean sitting down with Pat Cummins uh, over there in India. Uh, always good to hear from the Australian cricket captain. Now the coverage right here on SEN. A reminder gets underway at two thirty, and we take you all the way through each and every day Test cricket will be played over there across I'll the let four Bar-
3: series.
2: What's that, sorry? Well, they let him looming. in now that he's really stirred up the hornet's yeah. nest? yeah, Possibly not. Uh, no, he's doing a fine job over there, uh, Barrett. Part of our coverage, of course. Uh, Toyota Call of the Year is back as well. A tougher appearance from every angle you care to view it from. You just search the Toyota Hilux Rogue online today. Uh, Gary and Tim will be giving one away, if you don't mind, at the end of the year. one of the best prizes in radio. Uh, we'll take a break. On the other side of this, we need to go out to Corowa, rather, Glenn. We've spoken about that proud football club uh, over recent times. So And uh, they are in big, big trouble. Uh, They could enter a recess, lack of players, extensive damage to the club following flooding last year. Their future is up in the air at the moment. So we're going to have a chat to their president, Graham Hosier, on the other side of this.
1: Summer breakfast. Welcome back, Sam Edmund Simon O'Donnell with you on a Thursday
2: morning. Coral Rutherglen, as we know, Scoob, is a proud club with a proud history when it comes to the grassroots foundations of our game, but uh, the Roos, sadly, are in a fair bit of trouble. Uh, player uh, acquisition and retention and flooding up in that part uh, of the state has really hit hard, and uh, they face an uncertain future at the moment, so we thought we'd better get uh, the president of Coral Rutherglen on, and he's been kind enough to join us this morning, Graham Hosier. Graham, good morning to you. Good How are you, Uh we're, we're well here, mate, and we, we hope you are as well, and we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, to lend us some of your time. Uh, the last uh, I and we read on this, Graham was that you were having a meeting, obviously, to discuss uh, the club's future. I think you had several hundred people turn up. There was talk of a, a vote that was going to uh, take part in, in the sense of whether you were going to have a recess for this season or not. Uh, can you firstly just enlighten us and educate us as to where things are at for the club for 2023?
5: Um, yeah, so last Thursday we had a meeting at our RSL, who are great sponsors of the footy club. Um, yeah, we had about 250 people come, members turn up. We just needed to explain the situation because there was so much going on and rumours and things like that. So we explained that, first, the condition of our rooms, which we flooded in November um and we can't get back into them and mm. uh then it was compounded by sort of player movement we lost over 30 players for different reasons um yeah and we were we probably got a coach a little bit too late in the come december we got a coach and sort of found that we had no players and netballers too netballers is the same we've sort of um, lost twelve of them from our side that's been on top probably for the last six years. Um girls move in move on, I mean, and boys move on, um, in different ways. Yeah, we just found ourselves with not enough players and we thought we'd not so much go into recess, but just reset. Um, with the way the club rooms are, you know, it's hard to get players with no club rooms no change rooms no weights room and things like that. So Decided just to uh, Put it to our members, we need to reset for
2: 2024. Right, so Grant, the decision's been made to not play senior football at the club this year. I mean, when I say decision, the decision's been made for you in many ways, but uh, there'll be no senior football at at the Ruse for this year?
5: Well, it has to go to a vote. So out of that meeting, um, we put a motion and we're in a difficult position because the constitution, Everyone has to be a member. But our membership ran out on the 31st of January. So we're into the start of February. So everyone had to join, become a member. Obviously, the life members were able to vote. Um, So we had a cheap membership. We uh, had to join Monday just fine. We had to call a put to our members. Um, We have to give our members 21 days' notice. Um, so, we've got a meeting about the 27th, I think, um, where our members can either vote online or they come to the meeting and vote. Um, it's up to them to make the decision that we sort of go and do a reset 2023.
3: Graham, we might just get you to take a step left or right. You're, you're, you're with us full time, uh, full signal sometimes and then uh, you you're dropping out others so hopefully that right. th- that improves um as we go on graham the, the loss of those uh, players both um the netball front and the footy front what 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 was was that other local leagues was that guys retiring you know coming down to uni what what was the the cause amongst l- losing so many players
5: we've got five that are trying um out for the higher leagues. So we've got one of Bo Longmire's young boys, Jed Longmire, he's trying out for Collingwood. We've got Kaelin Bradkey trying out for Richmond. And then we'd had three that want to go to sort of the VFL um, and a couple have gone, over, followed Peter German over to um, Perth and just trying out in the waffle over there. We then had probably four or five retirements. A um, couple of blokes sort of just... Decided to give it away. Three went to rival clubs, um, which was a bit disappointing. Um, And then we've had sort of guys travelling up from Geelong. Um, They were in uni in Geelong and, um, you know, they're they're at uni and they want to be with their mates at uni and we sort of understand that. And we had a few more move away to Queensland that just... um, just for lifestyle changes and maybe for uni, you know. You can't hold kids back if they're going to sort of better themselves at uni or something like that.
2: So, so Graham, how would you describe the the general state of country footy in Victoria? I mean, it's really unfortunate to be having this sort of conversation with you for a club like yours that has been around for so long and likes of John Longmore and others have, have come through there. I mean, can the AFL do anything to help? Can the VFL step in? I mean, what would you like to see happen?
5: We're in a situation here where we've got four clubs, that sort of pick out of the Coral area. We've got mm. um, they stand alone. They're in the Tulanga League. We've got Wagunya, which is just across the river. And they went, you probably know, they went through a tough time last year and they struggled with numbers. And then we've got C D B HBU out the road. And we've got four clubs predominantly trying to pick um, players from a population of about 7,000 people. It's been an ongoing uh, thing since about two thousand and sixteen. The AFL Northeast stepped in, and we had a cl- cluster meetings, and but there was nothing really done by them other than a report and said natural attrition will happen. So, and are more mergers what's are more
2: mergers the answer? Do you think, Graham, or you wouldn't like to see that either?
5: Well, I think um, yeah, some tough decisions have to be made, and I, I do think there's got to be mergers. We're actually. The four clubs are all getting together, just informally, just to chat about where we're at and what we can do, and maybe what we can do going forward. So, hmm. um, yeah, we just need to get everyone together and sort of get back to where we were in 2016, 2017. We had the same sort of problem, and well, not Coro, but lack of players in the area. And it's a farming area, as you know, and you know farms are getting bigger and families are moving on, which all doesn't help.
2: Well, we wish you well, Graham. I mean, regardless of what happens when the vote takes place, if it is to be on the on the twenty seventh, as you say, and, and it is, as you say, a reset rather than a, a recess, uh, and and good luck with the repair and recovery of the change rooms as well. I mean, that was a kick in the teeth when you, obviously, um, could least needed it. Oh, at least needed it. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that was really sad to hear. We wish you well, though, in regards to the future, Graham. Regardless of the decision that is made, and um, and just quickly, actually, would the juniors keep playing if the seniors don't?
5: Well, that's what we do. We we yeah. our junior plays in the Sunday comp up here, and they are strong. And it's right. A, well, that's it's a good. Brilliant. Brilliant junior comp. So we've got to keep them going. Yeah. You know, this is where we're trying to get them change rooms and everything. So, Yeah. Yeah. No, they are keeping going, yep. and our junior netball is going too. We managed to keep them going as well, which well, is good.
2: It is. That's the backbone. That's vitally important, isn't it, Graham? We appreciate your time this morning. All the best with it. No
5: worries. Thanks for that.
2: There's Graham Hosey there, the president of Corowat Glen Football Club. Simon, we'll take a final break. We need to, and we'll be back to tidy up, wrap up, set you off into your, uh, your weekend after this.
1: Summer Breakfast. Welcome back, Simon
2: and myself. Just about ready to tap out, but once again, a lot of text and phone traffic this morning. Wasn't there on the state of the wicket over there in Nagpur, and on that front and many others, it was great to catch up with the former Australian coach John Buchanan earlier. Uh, Graham Hosey joined us, of course, from Corowa. Rather Glenn and Mick Lovett from the AFL record with the uh, magnificent season guide on the shelves today. Great week from you as always, Simon. And uh, you're off to the Shield today. Yeah,
3: I'm going to go down to the MCG have a look at the Vicks take on Queensland.
2: Where do you sit when you take in a Shield match? In a seat. Members, yes. Ball ring. What? That would open for you, wouldn't
3: they? Oh, don't think the ball ring opens for a field game.
2: Just for you, though. I would have thought. No. Being the king of Get the G. Get down MCG. to the G.
3: Give the Vicks some support today, eh?
2: Do that. Uh, now, let's time for us. Speaking of going somewhere, go over to Phoenix, Arizona, the Valley of the Sun, where Jared Waitley is with us ahead of uh, Super Bowl Fifty Seven. G'day, G. Sam, Simon, surely you just go and sit in your own seat, Simon, and that southern stand. No one's going to hit it, are they, Simon? Never again. Uh, great show yesterday, Jerry. Great to have you back on the airwaves. You were stacked, and I imagine you're ready to repeat the dose today. Yeah, it's, it's the intensity here has really been something. So I'm going to start with Andrew McDonald. We spoke overnight. The Australian cricket coaches can't remember looking forward to a day of cricket yeah. quite so much. And the mystery and the trepidation that is in all of that. Ben Graham has made it across here. Cam Luke was in the stadium last night when LeBron James broke the all-time point-scoring record. So America is swooning over that today. But, yeah, it's been quite a day to look around. You pick over your shoulder and there's Joe Montana and... <laughs> little further on, there's Debo Samuel. It's quite a big set-up here, Sam. Magnificent, Jared. We'll be listening with interest. Simon, have a great weekend, mate. Holy
3: oh, Cup tomorrow. Big day down there, too. I'll
2: see you Super Bowl Monday.